Welcome. That's right. The, this is huge for me. This is like the first intercontinental interview on this channel, to my knowledge. Intercontinental. That's facts, though, right? You're not on the Don't same. Talk. It's not the same continent here, yo. So, MX, it is wonderful to fucking have you here for real. Um, this guy does the Twitches and the musics and is just, in general, such a positive person to interact with. Look at that smile. Like, we barely got started. He's already busting out the fucking smile. I'm like, welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. And the truth is, our goal on this show is to walk through the lives of interesting people such as yourself and learn your story and through your story extract knowledge nuggets and all enhance the overallness of our experiences so with that can you just let the people know where you're from hey what's up everyone my name is mx well my name is mvelo mvelo, mvelo. which is zulu mvelo <laughs> already extracting that knowledge okay but i am mx i'm a 30 year old hip-hop musician creative rapper no not rapper musician artist that's what i do myself and i'm from south africa in a city called durban yo that's so cool i'm not really sure where durban is i'm gonna have to google that on a map after am i ever gonna lie but just the fact that you are the way in south africa has me mad excited because i'm in montreal quebec shout out Foz tv with the follow but like I'm in Montreal and the one thing I can tell you about growing up here and having done a teensy bit of traveling is we don't know shit about places that ain't where we at. So being able to walk through your experiences is just going to be like a completely different perspective, I believe, than everyone else we've talked to, which has me mad excited. On that note, I have... Yeah, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for coming through, man. Um, honestly, it's a pleasure. Like intercontinent that's so cool <laughs> bro it's crazy would you have thought like 10 years ago that this was possible i i, I don't know bro <laughs> nah, not even i'm in the same boat chariot i'm like man this guy like around the worlds and stuff like and yo it's just as yeah. easy as a zoom call and uh, yo and twitch made that really a lot more possible i think i mean youtube yes but twitch really i think did a lot for the connecting but i do like to start this off with a bit of a token first question it's a little okay. bit of a story and when the story lands you can kind of take it in whatever direction and i'm fucking excited for that and it starts it starts with my girlfriend and she's like washing the dishes and she's got her phone out and she's playing that black eyed piece on the, i got a feeling she's vibing she's dancing that's just everywhere i knew that would work because that song is everywhere <laughs> in the world so she's vibing she's dancing she's doing her thing and I'm looking at her, and we're talking like late 2020, and I'm like, yo, when did this become chores music, right? Like chores music, because <laughs> that's what's happening here. It's chores times, and then it's like exercise music, and it's this music for like these times when you're like kind of bored doing some shit, and you want to feel like you're in a much better vibe. Why? Because I can't remember like 10 years ago, uh, we was up in the clubs and shit, and that was the highlight of the night song and everybody would be dancing in circles super and so it's the good memory song and so i'm sitting there yes. going no shit so 10 years ago this is our like drinking anthem and 10 years later this is the chores exercise music anthem and i'm like that's so nifty how the song didn't actually change in any way but its role yeah. in our life evolved from being this 
party vibe to this I wish I was partying vibe. And that got me thinking about the Cardi B's and all the club music of today and how these 20-year-olds have no idea this is their chores music one day. They just don't know what's coming, right? It's the facts of the situation. But then, as I said this more, I realized, yo, all them people that do the, the chores stuff, they're all already listening to Cardi B. It's just that club music mm. is chores music depending on where you at in life. And I'm like, right? Big like, facts. That's huge, right? Big facts. So yeah. um, that got me thinking about just how the journeys and evolutions of music and how, like, really as our stories evolve, everything kind of changes over time as well as everything else. And when we talk about our musical journeys as musicians, often we start in that adolescent era. Why? Because we start to form our identities. We remember attaching ourselves to things, but that's not the start of the story, right? Like, if you really think yeah. about it, music's been around since forever, which means from when you come out the womb, music's already in the equation of the situation. Now, maybe we all have different amounts of influence. It's around in different degrees. Like I can remember being like four or five years old and my dad's got these gray boxes, right? There's an amplifier and a tape deck and a radio and the next thing and everything and these wires going everywhere to the speakers and boom, boom, boom. He'd be playing these Led Zeppelin tapes and at, at nighttime it was the 90s club music straight from the clubs of Montreal and at Christmas time and it was only this one day a year, it would be these EDM remixes of Christmas bangers. We'd do that while presents were getting over opened and shit whatever my mom's like discos and musicals and all this stuff just kind of like culminated into this like early experiences of my musical foundation that would later go on to impact me way to this day so with that in order to tell your story properly i hope you can bring us back to the youngest i don't know how to Mavello mx you can remember being hey. uh and walk us through what it sounded like to be you before you had any control over the music man um Bro, that was beautifully said. Like I could, like I could vision myself there with you, with your dad's high five. And <laughs> the first thing that I was thinking, and this is, I suppose, the beauty of this. I'm like, man, you had it good growing up, bro. Like obviously, not not no, in a bad way. No, but say that shit. We don't know. Yeah, not 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 in a bad way. And I want people to understand, like Yo, me doing this. Uh, my perspective, we grew up bad. <laughs> so it's like to hear yeah. that is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, bro, just to like kind of me doing this um, is an anomaly. Like, I'm sure there's not much black South African guys on Twitch. And I hope that, you know, like we can use this one day to tell the story. I'm a person who's... Um, very sentimental when it comes to things like this. So thank you so much for having me here. And to your question of my first memory of MX, sonically, bro, like South Africa is very interesting, right? So like I grew up around Kwaito music. Kwaito music is basically a genre that's mid-tempo house that has chanting in it with phrases that are said in a uh, vernacular Nguni languages. It could be in Sutu, it could be in Zulu, it could be in Kosa. We've got 11 official languages in South Africa, just by the way, <laughs> 11. Yeah, and our flag has got seven colors. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so sonically speaking, um, growing up, we did have that South African identity and house music was also very prevalent. But in my household, my dad was very musical in the sense that if you were black in the 90s remember this is a yeah apartheid got abolished or finished in 1994 so i was Shit, born eh? in 91 
yeah, I was born in 91. So that would make me the first generation to experience the new world era, like going to school with white people. But I mean, the effects of apartheid, which is basically segregation, um, you, like we're not gonna talk about that, but growing up in that world, all the music that we had was either American, like soul and R&B, like the Motown musics, the Isley Brothers, um, soul music, you know, your um, just off the top, your Al Greens. We are very soulful, strong, powerful music. Mix, juxtapose that with Guaido. And then somehow hip hop. Hip hop was the, the exciting thing that caught my attention when I was five or six years old. Ooh. And it was the song, it was the song Tupac Do For Love. I, I will never forget that morning. It was probably, I was in grade, no, I was probably seven then. Yeah, but I was watching this music video, going to school. So just imagine this, like, I don't know why people like that and Indians and it's, it's the first time. So I'm getting ready for school and we'd wake up at like five in the morning to get ready for the bus that will take us to school, obviously. And this music video came on and I just watched this animation of Tupac's Do For Love. That's one of the greatest videos ever done. And that, 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 that um, hypnotic melody and that cadence of his. And I was just like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I'm so in love. And that's basically my first memory of like hip hop and rap. But even before hip hop, you were saying that your dad was involved in music. Cause like, to me, the question is bigger than just hip hop. Like for a lot of people I've talked to, it's like hip hop wasn't even invented until later on in their life. No. So in my opinion, like this question is bigger than that because the story of you is more than just the story of the relationship of you and hip hop. So you're describing this other musical genre and you're code switching languages like fucking clean, like some polyglot motherfucker over here. And I'm like, damn. Really? I didn't even notice that. No, but you, you were doing this shit in your verses where you're just switching languages. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like sitting there listening to that and I'm going, yo, if we can only rap in one language, and these guys can rap in more than one language and we're talking like raw skill who's actually more impressive here the guy who can rap in like one language or the guy who can rap in i mean to me it's just like maths right if you can do it in more than one language and you're nice with it that's probably just more impressive than one language and being nice with it <clears throat> probably yeah. no no big facts bro and yeah maybe i just went straight to the hip-hop gag but absolutely right man like as I said, we have genres that aren't out there. So it's like Maskani, um, we got like all these various types of music. And as I said, like me doing this is an anomaly. It's quite strange. It's like, who's this guy like from South Africa? And I come from a province. Durban is in a province called KwaZulu-Natal, which is basically named after Shagazulu. So it's basically, we're the predecessors of him. Uh, like that lineage of those warriors. Uh, tribalism is a very big thing over here. But with that being said, the English also came through, uh, colonized and the Dutch also came through, which is why South Africa is such a diverse, um, versatile, interesting, untold stories over here. So in, in, in terms of me doing my uh, thing in a native language or Isizulu, it's because I just grew up like that. And I was one of the lucky ones. When I say this, I mean, I, like a lot of my family is still in poverty. A lot of my relatives are still in poverty. And 
you know, I was just blessed enough to be given this opportunity to have a voice. And sometimes I do tell their stories because my music is generally like inspirational and I try to put a lot of positivity in it because yeah, shit is bad. <laughs> nah, I hear that. But um, what, what was your dad doing with music? Because I believe you said he was involved in music in some way, making it more than just no. music was around in the culture. No, no. Okay, this is going to be funny. And shout out to you, Ismail, bro. Like, I just want to uh, uh, like sh give you your flowers and, th and thank you very much for linking me with Behind the Suit. But my dad was kind of like an Ismail uh, in the sense that he wasn't sonically gifted, but the, he always had the latest cassettes. He always had the latest vinyls. He had a vinyl player and he would literally collect that stuff. That's why I was saying what you experiencing as a adolescent, I experienced it just maybe on a different level. Um, my dad's background is like in the police and the army and that kind of vibe. But he really, really loved music. It was like more than a hobby to him because he'd always just be playing these weird different sounds we've never heard. And he always invested in like in his cars that he had, he always had a loud sound system. And down the homes that we've lived in, sound system was number one. So that's how I kind of got to experience the different types of sounds and genres, even within music. But then just to your point of saying uh, the native language and how I seamlessly change it, uh, growing up, it's like, my home, my true home is in the rural outskirts, right? That's what I mean when I say I'm the lucky one. Like I'm in the suburbs now and I grew up predominantly predominantly in the suburbs, schooling in the, in the suburbs, but my ancestral home is in the rural outskirts. So with that being said, we always have ceremonies and our aunts and grands, they sing and they also craft. So when I emphasize certain phrases in the native language it's just because it's what i know and then it's it gets very interesting when you start playing with language and you're looking at enunciation and syllables and coming up with different sounds and techniques that's when it gets fun but yeah man <laughs> i went on a tangent <laughs> no that's the, the whole show is that this is the show this is it, we just tangent <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro. I mean, I, I, I realized right quick, I'm never going to be able to research anybody. Like, good luck. Like, Google people. Actually, Google people. For all the people that say Google shit, go try it. It is the hardest experience in life, and it's a bunch of hearsay without a lot of facts. Even when you get on the juicy shit, like a scribble jam. What's true in the forum boards of opinions? I don't know. You try to tell me that 14 years ago, those guys were the fact bearers. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a weird situation. So instead of even trying, I'm just like, fuck it. Let's go through your life from the jump. Whatever's interesting. We'll get it out of you. <clears throat> so like, oh, I feel you, so when you were like super, super young and you were running this, were you invested in music before seven or was it just like around you? And if not, what were you up to at that age? Like, what's it like to be like five, six years old, running around doing your thing out there? Because man, it's gotta be a completely different existence than us. But again, it ties into who you are and the music you make now. So it's mad relevant to your journey. Yeah, no, dude, Um, to be quite honest, man, like, as I keep saying, bro, I, I sometimes can't believe I have the opportunity to be given a voice because as you notice, I'm, I'm not really like a, what's the word? I'm not a premium South African act, meaning that everything that you see from me over these years has been independently, independently done. Um, so being five, six, I, 
my story is quite different. You know, like I, I grew up in a nomadic type of lifestyle. My parents always made sure that wherever they went, wherever their careers took them, they took me and my older sister. So I've lived in Johannesburg and I've lived in Cape Town and Durban. So I grew up going to seven different schools. So we were always moving suburbs, but then the ancestral home I was telling you about was always one. So I grew up moving around, traveling a lot. So I got to experience a lot of different cultures. And, you know, like I got used to being the new kid at school. It got to a point where I didn't really care um, about making friends where I was not invested. And I suppose that that's why I love hip hop and I'm such a connoisseur to it because these guys became my friends, the, the people I listened to. And quite though, throughout me growing up, I was also still very, very prevalent in South Africa because the South African identity when it came to music was Amapansola, which is basically means the dancers of the townships. And that was always like just very familiar to the music because of what my dad was playing. <laughs> Keeps going back to my dad. <laughs> Yo, is it, you're saying it's like a dance centric music. So I met, I don't Yes. Because I asked that because I met by fucking random coincidence. I'm at this thing where I did an interview and one of the top artists of Cote d'Ivoire walks in and I'm like, what? You know, because that's random shit to me. I checked him out. He actually was the guy and I'm like, wow, you have like followings and shit. And he did a performance and bro, he did not necessarily vocally come at this shit, but I could not do what the fuck he did with regard to the pounding and the dancing on perfect beat and shit. And it was just like this whole vibe and bro, it wasn't necessarily like the greatest rap but that yes. was one hell of a performance that I saw what the music was like that. So that's kind of like, I guess why I'm asking it is it more like in the vein of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like South African people love to dance. Like the it's, it, it's in, I think it comes from, we all know the percussions and bongo Afrocentric type of influence sound. So in South Africa, especially in Durban, there's even a genre called Durban Guaito music. And like on my project IMX, which is from 2015, I dibbled and dabbled in that Kwaito sound. Uh, but then what's very important in uh, like kind of knowing who you are and what you're trying to do is knowing what you're good at and what you prefer. Because most of that material is just enjoyed in the clubs, um, in, 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 in bashes and street parties and that type of thing. And as much as I know that, I, I, I don't live for that. But in terms of dance and moving, that shit's in our blood, bro. <laughs> like I can tell you, even the dopest rapper from South Africa knows how to, you know, get jiggy. Well, that's pretty incredible. And it's funny to me that you say that because I know I know a ton of rappers that personally can't dance. I'm like decided a couple of years ago, I'm gonna learn how to dance, and now I can dance like a dad. I don't know how else to put it. I got my dad shit on. I'm not a dad, but that's where my game's at. Um, but yeah. that's that's so nifty to me how like powerful it is because like as hip hop and the entire world does get more globalized, people are just going to start cherry picking their favorite parts of every culture and kind of blend it together into this thing. And if people start fucking going, rappers got to dance now. That's literally going to be a thing that every rapper is going to have to learn how to do or else they can't compete in the global market no more. Yeah, well, I suppose those are the parallels that uh, we see through the our influences America because, okay, growing up, uh, I don't care who says what in South Africa, because of the Western and English influence, America was shoved down our throat, bro. 
the brands, the lifestyle, we all wanted to be Americans. A black American was the coolest thing ever. The cap, like there's no running away. So I think that's kind of, this is to the dance part of it, that there's that parallel of, okay, yeah, there's those weird new era dances for it on TikTok, but then literally in South Africa, like growing up, dance was just always a part of it. And quite though, maybe I'm downplaying it, is uh, multifaceted, it's a multifaceted subgenre with more different genres within it. So you get more dance centric type stuff. You get more, um, not, uh, it's almost like streets lingo type of uh, Guaido. You get a conscious type of Guaido, which is what I'm more influenced by, like Ukabelo, uh, who's from TKZ. TKZ is one of the greatest South African music groups to ever come out of South Africa, TKZ. So, it's, it's, it's all quite interesting because um, it's all about finding your identity. And for the longest of times, because of advertising and marketing and programming and, and history and influence and all this shit, we were trying to find an identity by trying to keep up with the world. But I'm part of that generation that kind of is trying to own, uh, we know the history, we know what's happened. We, we don't want to stay behind and have a deep resentment. We want to create something new and create something positive, you know? Yeah, I can relate heavy to that. I think uh, Montreal is struggling heavy to find an identity, especially if you're an English Montreal person. And a lot of people try to find their identity via American trends because, honestly, to be Canadian means to be slightly left of the USA. I haven't found a better definition of what Canadian <laughs> means. Like, take the States. If we're a little bit left of it, that's Canadian. Like, I mean, what else does it mean? I've really thought long and hard on but, this but topic. But you guys are talented there, bro. Canada goes crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I wish we went crazy and ripped ourselves a lot more, you know, like in terms of like, you know, like, I don't know how else to put it. I'm not saying it's like inherently that. Like, I think it's it's a lot of budding things, but it's new it's not like it was like this forever and ever it's more like the internet and drake has allowed us to like <laughs> i mean say what you want without drake canadian music wasn't legitimized around the world drake i mean how do you ignore it if the top guy in the world is a fucking canadian you kind of have to look at the country a little bit different but prior to him bro what do we have celine dion simple plan Justin Bieber. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, then Drake comes through and just dominates Billboard and sets records that are like Michael Jackson level. And you're like, oh shit, that guy's from Toronto. Shout out Drake. I'm Team Drake now. I don't even care if I like his music or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel you. I feel. But Drake is a. Is, is, yeah, man, that's, that, that's, that, that guy's a master, bro. Facts. And, I actually do like his music yeah, now. Man, like, yeah, bro. Like it, it, it's like he's so big and his impact is so widespread. And what, what what makes him so iconic is his versatility, man. Like, what an incredible icon, bro. I think that's what Canadians do well. We're not good at having our own culture, so we just know how to be versatile. Because every Canadian that I know in the music game is pretty versatile. They like what they like, mm. and they certain people may have more styles or not. But yo, we kind of just do everything in the sense of like. Yo, in Montreal, I don't really know that many people as like fans and shit that like like one genre of music. Everybody brags about go through my playlist. It's fucking everything. So it's like that's been my entire experience is a bunch of people who like all kinds of music. So like as an artist, it's kind of like 
yo, if you're busy listening to Foo Fighters, you're going to inevitably try singing some <laughs> Foo Fighters, you know? Like, it just kicks in. You might not be good at it, but you're going to do it. <laughs> mm, mm, big facts. Big facts. And uh, I think it kind of is like that. Like, I don't know what the fuck Quebec English Montreal culture is. Fuck does that mean? I don't know. Nobody has answers to these questions yet. So when you're describing what you're <laughs> describing, I'm like, yo, that's actually more relatable than I thought it would be. Yeah, the poverty levels ain't the same, and I'm not trying to create too many like comparisons like that. But like at a cultural identity level, yo, yes. we should be listening to MX in his words. Yeah, bro, and 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 just to like kind of um, shine lights with, bro. I don't want you guys to think I'm recording this from a hut. You know, I mean, or from a mud house, because nah. it's not like that, guys. And I'll be lying if I had to act like, you know, it's 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 fucking Gaza Strip, and I could get my throat slit if I walk outside. Like I'm in I'm in the leafy suburbs of Westville. But with that being said, as a South African, you always live with that paranoia of anything can happen at any given moment because the poverty and and the line between really poor and really rich is very thin and you can get caught up in any kind of moments. You could be just driving like five minutes away and it's a completely different story. But I, I guess these are universal themes. Yeah, I definitely think it's more transparent in some places than others, but I mean, in America, they called it redlining and uh, mm. basically it's the same thing, only less pronounced. Um, but no i appreciate all of that so like i appreciate everything you're saying like to me i don't know a lot about south africa except what media headlines tell me and while i don't think it was huts oh i God. definitely thought it was racist <laughs> that's about the only well, thing i can think of like is that's the only thing you hear of is there's like racial conflicts and i don't want to like you know focus too much on that but that is the only no. that and deant word which i'm not the biggest fan. that's it like them they're that south africa oh my God, bro. And no I, ways, bro. Who, Are you for real? Who else comes here? D'Antwoord tours in Montreal. They're the only South African music group I've like really heard of outside of like you. Well, okay. Well, hopefully, and you know, like I'm saying, hopefully, because I, I I've only been doing Twitch seriously for like three or four months, right? But somehow the pioneer in me registered an account in 2012. Lord knows why. But hopefully, I can introduce to you guys like some of the acts that i think are dope that represents different facets that are beyond just the unworked and the mx there's a lot of like dance inspired stuff there's a lot of quieter right. stuff there's a lot of you know and when i say hopefully we can it's not like spotify suggesting it to you but i literally curate the sounds of um because there's a lot of similarities like even when i was watching you create with the edm influence and then with the rapping there's also that but what kind of happens over here is the game is monopolized, meaning a behind the suits in Montreal will just go to Spotify and Spotify will show what algorithms show, which is based on what <laughs> record labels are pushing money's behind. So ah, yeah. I can't comment too much on that one because it would get me in trouble with my peers. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know what I mean. And people, I think that's universal, my guy. I don't think there's a place that doesn't have that, except for the one, two places that don't do it that we all are jealous of. Mm. Mm. Well, this is to the point that when I introduce some of these acts to you, you're going to be on some. How is this not known? You know what I mean? Because for one, I know I may not make the 
I may not have the best flow. I may not have the most best um, amounts of Zulu. I may not have the best production, but there's definitely elements of stuff that you like in my music. There's definitely, definitely a lot more of it where I'm from. Mm. But as you're saying, you only know the unwrit and racism. And most people, that's kind of their perception. And I, I'm not even trying to make it sound like that because like, I'm sh like entirely, I'm certain there are people who have looked deeper in it. But bro, if I'm talking like media, like being mad honest about how deep I've gone, I'm not like outside of apartheid, like what have I really Googled there? And then Deantwer just like <laughs> appeared when I was at that place where I felt like Hobson was the coolest and fast raps, the mm. dopest shit ever. And then they were making like, they were making like rave music. And honestly, mm. uh, at that time, I discovered MDMA and raves, and like I remember distinctly sitting on the metro, high on Molly, listening to Word because like that was an experience <laughs> I wanted to have, kind of thing. And do I think they're the best? No, I learned a lot about them. I learned apparently they jacked their entire sound from young people, and there's like a lot of questionable there things. There we go. A lot. Now we're talking. A lot of hey, questions. No, but like. While I got you. <laughs> but like. While I got you. Oh my gosh, no problem, you can go. No, I'm saying, but that's what happened when I really looked into it. And then, like, they did that shit with that girl that, like, nobody talks about. I'm like, I can't even listen to their music no more. Like, I really don't. Mm. The only thing I can say is they got me comfortable listening to shit like Zulu. <laughs> like, they, hey. they really did get me comfortable with it because they were unapologetic about incorporating that into all of their albums. And I do think when I was listening to your music, I was like, yo, this is more familiar than I thought it would be because of them. But no, from what I understood, they jacked their sound from a bunch of kids that they were like stole it from and have basically been the definition of culture vultures as far as a lot of people. That's what I understand. I can't say that as hard mm. facts. I just know that that's why I don't fuck with them anymore. Man, you 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 really you're really good at what you do then. <laughs> because it's not supposed it's 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 more to say that there is more everything is inspired by something more to say while they are living their truth and they they doing it creatively and through their arts and they do it at a very great level there's a lot of perhaps people they may have borrowed a style or sound from that they further developed i'm just trying to say that um the unword as huge as they are most their audience is outside of south africa um i've got like friends and peers who also just like are known in europe for instance or germany or vice versa. It's it's kind of different when when you're talking strictly South African, as in something that caters for a wider audience. It's you start tapping into different sounds and uh, diff different types of genres. But what what I was saying with uh, the unword, uh, I, I would like to just use the platform to say you should check out a guy named Spook Matambo, Spook Matambo, and also check out Bougie Bansola. Um, yeah, just check those people out because it's that alternative, high tempo, uh, synth heavy with uh, really dope vocals. I think that you'd, you'd dig some of this stuff. I probably would. Um, and again, it's not like disrespect. It's actually more the girl allegation shit that makes me feel really questionable about them. Y'all can go look into that. It's some like Australian chick <laughs> made a whole diss song at them. And then a few other things came out and I'm like, bro, Ninja. Ninja, you didn't handle this right at all. So it's a little weird now because they still never talked about it. They just put out the next album and it was weird. And I'm like, it's not how you handle that shit in my little opinion. Actually, yeah. Can you can you spell out the names of the people you just recommended? Oh, Spook, Spook Matambo. So it's S-P-O-E-K and then space 
Matambo, which is M-A-T-H-A-M-B-O. I really think you'll you'll dig him. He's a legend in South Africa. Yeah, no, I would never would have guessed that spelling, my guy. I never would have guessed yeah. that. No, 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 no. And it's all love, man. Like I wouldn't know how to spell Japanese. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to like clarify that for the people out there. I think I'm just trying to talk shit about the ant word. I'm like, nah, it's not it. It's just I was like a no. fan. And then I realized, yo, there's probably a lot more to South Africa than that. And I don't know anything yeah, about it. And actually, I was well, really enjoying your music videos and the style and the way that y'all do your shit. Like, I really, I really fucked with your sound a lot, actually. I feel like it was just raw and dope. I appreciate that, man. And H, man, like, you know, like most of the stuff on the channel is obviously self done and all that stuff. So in terms of a consistency and all that stuff, as I said, you know, I come from, we're trying to get it by ourselves. So we use our phones as cameras or use cameras or we land or we, you know what I mean? So we just get it out the gutter like that. And I know that in terms of my journey, I think what makes me maybe different is I've kind of found a way to operate and have a job, but still use the little bit that I get to invest in my talent. Mm. And that's what's got me over here right now. So yeah, bro. All right. So let's run it back to your seven. Cause technically that's oh, when yeah. you got caught up. Yeah. I'm good at this. Don't worry. We following the main plot and then any <laughs> of the curiosities at the same time. So you're like seven and you hear the Tupac song and all of a sudden you're like, yo, what's this? That's what I understood happened. Yeah. No, exactly. But that was more a moment where I fell in love with hip hop. Right. Uh, when I'm six, seven, the only thing I'm really hearing is Tebe, which is spelled T-H-E-B-E. He's a legend, a quite a legend, but it's more dance. It's like house. So it's Tebe, Boomshaka, TKZ. Um, these are guys that superseded just like a specific genre that made South African feel good music um, that was family friendly, but stole streets and edgy. So I, I, I'd like to attribute a lot of my influences to um, artists like that from South Africa, you know? That's really cool though. I guess I was trying to like bring it back to that to move it more in your life. So you're like seven? And then you yes. discover hip hop. Does this invoke in you a curiosity to start hip hopping, or are you just more of a fan of the music at this time? Okay, well, like at my in my age and era, the the thing to do if like your Lord Lord knows that if you, I'm just even trying to think how I got my first CD, but you would literally take a CD and you'll take an exam pad and you would try write out the lyrics. So when you get to school, you can perform it like for a talent show or show someone that you really know the lyrics really well. That was kind of like how you flex. So in terms of um, just word. actual, hey? Yo, you're the second person to tell me that, but that's so cool. So you would just like, that would be the thing to do as young ones. And you would just yeah. like write out the lyrics by hand because I guess there's no internet at this time. I don't really have any idea yeah. what the internet situation in South Africa is like. So, just oh anyway. my, well, there's not much South Africans. <laughs> we got some of the highest tariffs in the world. Uh, yeah, man, these, man, I should stop talking too much. But yeah, man, we need to do something about internet in South Africa. <laughs> I mean, you say you shouldn't talk too much. I think people need relative perspective of how good their lives may be sometimes. Mm. you know well yeah yeah with that being said as i'm saying bro like 
I, I don't want to give the perception of, you know, it's all good, but I'd be lying if I say it's all horrible. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if there's any South Africans in the, in, the, in the comments, like I've asked some people to join, but like we experienced a thing called load shedding, which we've had for like the last 12, 15 years. It started after the second recession in 2008, where they start cutting off power for certain amounts of hours every day. Um, so certain sections are still deep in poverty, like no water, no clean water. It's very corrupt. Um, yeah, man. And we have a thing called tenders. Bro, it's, it's, it's all very interesting and heavily political. Uh, but I shouldn't talk too much. No, okay? but if it counts, like Canada might sound wonderful. But like we have our our, our poverty ridden areas when we deal with our indigenous people and how shit their circumstances are. So sometimes yeah. it's just being real with it. Like I don't think everyone watching this is gonna just assume that South Africa is like some ass backwards place that's terrible. Cause like I feel like at this point you can just go Google Maps the shit and see what it looks like. <clears throat> that's like a facts of the situation. Plus like yeah, no. y'all have some like like it's. As you said, it's like um, you clearly are trying to just showcase that there are positive but realistic aspects to it, which is the place everywhere. Like America's got parts that look like the third world and parts that look like the first world. It's fucking weird, but like it's just the yeah. facts of how a lot of places end up being. So it, it is what it is. I was just like, in terms of lyric writing, if you doing that today, you just go to Genius, you get your lyrics, boom, done. And over here, depending on when you're born, some people, like I didn't have real access to computers until I was a teenager, right? Like, so like when I'm young, it doesn't exist. And then I get older and stuff. So really it's more for, so y'all have no fucking internet and you have to actually take these CDs, write out these lyrics, then go to school and fucking perform them for people. That was like the thing well, to do. Yeah, that was the thing to do because, man, like, come on, man, we're taking it back now, seven, eight, I'm 30 years old, this is 22 years ago. This is when if you had a poster of someone, you want to invite a friend over and show them like, yo, we've got the poster like that, like, I'm on some, I was the only guy who could burn CDs because I was the only guy in a big radius who had access to a computer and can make original music when it came. So we're coming from that kind of era where um, access to resources wasn't that much accessible, so to speak, for the great majority. Hence why I keep going to say, hey man, I'm just blessed I can do this and have the opportunity to stand as the person I am, you know what I mean? And I stand on the shoulders of giants who made it possible for, for it to happen. You know, like I'd be lying if I say, um, we had it good and it was easy, bro, it's, kind of crazy man but i mean we're just touching the surface with it but yeah like radio is a very big um programmer of music to this very day because of the access to internet and how expensive data is um radio is still a very big part of it and it we have nationwide stations like under the asabc which is the south african broadcast um community i think or corporation my bad and they basically control everything like what they play on tv what you hear on radio but yeah man it's it's, it's quite interesting yo it is mad interesting i mean like just the idea of the data access being something that's gated and preventing people from being able to live your life i can appreciate how you're sitting here going yo it's a big blessing i'm here doing this like yo people can't actually come do this yo that's like 
that's huge. It doesn't mean anything well, else beyond that. It's just, it's amazing that you have that humility that you're able to show the appreciation for the circumstances. Yeah, bro. It's, it's like I'm saying, bro, it's not on some flexing shit. Like you would expect a white guy from South Africa to switch and gain. It's, it's not like something that's very common, but then we walk in grounds and territories that we don't know. Like I've always had this, I'm curious type shit, you know, like, trying to connect via app, going to my mom. My mom was a secretary for a long time. So she had a computer and trying to figure out these buttons and, oh shit, this is internet. Oh fuck, there's lyrics. So I've always just been interested in the space, but it's not really that common. And it's not that data is suppressed or it's not available. It's just so expensive to maintain. For instance, you have to buy a certain amount that lasts you a specific amount of time. That's what I'm trying to say. And we know how important it is to access shit, bro. Like we learn so much off the internet. So if you're charging someone and it expires after a certain amount of time, it's just fucked up because it's hard to earn the money to get that shit, you know? Yeah, so basically you have to buy too much internet and then they make it expire before you use it all. So they just do it like a big old fuck. Yo, I, I feel that, man. Our cell companies in Canada are pretty trash. We have one of the worst cell rates, <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, I feel you. They do some funny shit. Like, you know, you pay to, like, lock into this contract where you upgrade your phone. It takes two years to pay your phone off. And so I was like, okay, cool. I guess that $8 or whatever a month I put to my phone. And I don't know. It's probably like 15 or some shit. That's gone, right? They're like, no, you keep paying that. And I'm like, but there's no phone anymore to pay for. They're like, but you're on the contract. That's what you pay. I'm like, but wait. So, so wait. It's just that's it? And then they're like, yeah. Or you can upgrade to a new phone. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. And then you're sitting there going, well, I'm just going to throw this money away. So you upgraded the new phone. And I'm like, that's a trap, man. Like, that's the shit that people it's, do. It's a definite trap, bro. And it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle because you can't live with it, but you can't live without it. No, you can't live without it. It's a necessary need that you need to communicate and, and do your thing. Bro. Yeah, so I feel that. I feel that complication. So um when you're like going through like when, when do you start to like develop a bit of an interest in like pursuing music is that something you had when you were young or were you just kind of running through life doing things no I, I won't lie bro for the longest of times especially my younger years it was i just felt like i was floating bro just going with the flow because as i said i was always experiencing a new environment right i went to seven different schools so imagine living in three different parts of canada of canada throughout your high school uh, career and the only familiarity familiarity was the music and where you're from so it was more about music I, I i just started developing an interest in poetry because it was so expressive uh whether it was on radio there were some stations playing early in the morning or um, i'm just trying to think of the earliest artists but it was more like into high school when i started tapping into those bags and it was through like modal technique common um, and just you, meeting other interesting individuals like me who maybe their older cousin had access to something I didn't know about. You know what I mean? Where it's still quite taboo. Like immortal technique back then, you couldn't listen to that shit with your mom around or like, what is this? This is devil music. That's what they thought rap is most of the time. <laughs> you know? Wow. So, immortal technique is devil music. Oh, I guess with Dance yeah. with the Devil. Dance with the Devil yeah, doesn't that, help anyone's hey, case, right? Hey, <laughs> bro, that was that was my shit though. And obnoxious and all those tracks. So 
you, you know how um, susceptible we are when we're like 15, 16. That's when we fall in love for real, for real. So Talib Kweli and Common and these types of guys, they really, but then, you know, after just listening to the music and school and talent shows, you start to wonder like, how does shit fit outside of me? Like, is this hip hop shit for real? And I was blessed enough um, to attend something called Life Check, which basically happened at Bat Center in Durban, Bat Center. And it's just basically a home for um, craft, uh, craft artists who paint, who make uh, ceramics, um, arts and craft type of stuff. And then they used to have hip hop shows there. So I, when I found out there's a thing called hip hop check, guys with break dancing, there's more rappers, there's guys from the township, there's guys from the rural, there's guys from the city, and everyone is congregating for an open mic opportunity. That's when I just started meeting interesting characters and all these uh, different types of people who've influenced me to be the way I am. And there was a lot of battle rap, funny enough, but it was just more like, it wasn't like uh, with structured as battle rap. It was just more about we dissing you because you look funny, you know? <laughs> Yo, that is exactly what a lot of the <clears throat> grassroots battle rap was from what I've heard talking to battle rappers. Yo, we would just, that's all you had. You'd walk in and you'd have to look at the dude and that's all you'd know about him. So you're going to diss him because he looks funny or like whatever yeah. other things. Because what else do you know about this random guy that you just met four minutes ago? that apparently is nicer than you and you got to check them <laughs> and that's how you became friends because like i know that's how i started making friends with some of these rappers is you get to a point where um you have to let go of everything and actually stand for yourself like hey man i'm wearing a cap backwards and this like it's it's, it's that eminem b rabbit type thing but in real life whether and what makes it interesting over here is that maybe a guy will rap in corsa or in suits or whatever it is so once you it's almost that it's an old school way of thinking but once you fight with someone it's easier to become friends and that's kind of like the ethos and um way of durban uh, rap and hip-hop yeah um your lady friend bonnie just had a question and then i'm going to throw in another question since i was supposed to ask it and forgot but what is the predominant religion there since everyone's scared of the devil no man no one is scared of the devil guys this this is <laughs> you see i don't want to put up the wrong narratives guys nah. you don't understand no you people, don't understand people, sometimes people are just a little creative in their questions no, 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 no. I'm with it. I'm just also uh, saying maybe I'm not talking. Every all the views expressed over here are just a mix. Everybody knows that, my guy. Nobody thinks you speak for the whole of the country, nor are you the guy. <laughs> Everybody knows. Well, well, well. You say that, but I do have South Africa on oh. my thing. So, 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 yeah. But, but I take I that do, as I like do. when I. To be fair, I have five one four on my thing, which is Montreal. Mm. So I'm mm. literally doing the same thing as you, and nobody thinks I speak for the city. I promise. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. No. It's 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 cool to just uh, be clear on that. No, man. It's not that. Okay. The predominant religion. It's very hard to say because, as I'm saying, guys, like when you go to Joburg, which is 600 kilometers away, you get the Sutu people, and then you get the Beiti. Um, it's predominantly Christianity, but different types. So it could be Methodist, it could be Catholic. But with that being said, that's a specific percentage. Let's say maybe 65% of, of the population. You still get 
other cultural types of religious institutions, such as Shembe, who basically, it's more cultural type based religion that's intertwined and linked with uh, their religion and culture. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that because you also have a high concentration amount of Indian people as well um, in KZN. So when people really be emphasizing and talking a lot about the variety of South Africa and the, and the subcultures, it's not like just for fun. It's like no, it's Chinese people. Like, uh, yeah, there's Chinese, there's... It, what makes shit interesting is that um, the black people, my people, are predominant are in charge. They are the government. They have the majority of things. So it's it, it's quite interesting. But yeah, man, no one is scared of the devil. Uh, you guys know it as voodoo. That shit's real over here. Whether you believe it or not, like there's some spots you can go to and see it with your own eyes. You just live in a very interesting place. That's fucking cool. Um, I'm not like, I don't know if I believe in voodoo and the, with the term voodoo, but I do believe in ethereal forces and that some people are more in touch with them than others. Okay. Wait, can I pose a question then? Yeah, sure. You said you're in touch, you in touch with what, uh, what did, what is it called? I said people, well, I didn't say myself, but I believe people are in touch with ethereal forces. Yeah. Ethereal is what is a, like, um, yo, let me Google the definition. I don't want to fuck that up. <laughs> no there's no pressure it's more it's more it, about um having okay extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world so like okay like i i almost take it in like an esoteric kind of way where it's like yes. out there but yes. also tapping into like the divine perfection of like the world like if you think the final fantasy 7 is gaia mm. And I think that's what they tried to do it. I know it's it's whatever, but I think that's what they were trying to do with that game in a sense. Like the the Gaia essence, it's kind of like the, the the reincarnations. But like when you look at the global the global nature of how religions tap into this universality of something, and I just met too many people who talk about shit like energies, and they seem to know weird shit, right? Like at first, I'm like, yo, that's mad fucking goofy. Um, yeah, out of this world that that's a good way to put ethereal so out of this world energies right so it's like almost like this other plane of existence that like whatever so i believe that there are people who can tap into that shit and it gives them some mm. kind of specialness that they can whatever i don't know too many cultures have no, something no, no, no. like that too many people yeah. i've met care about shit like that white people are really corny with it but they have their own version of it too with the crystals and all that shit um but like too many people say it is a thing for it to be completely impossible to be a thing regardless to what i believe and how much stock but i do believe there's a degree of power of suggestion where if the collective mass agrees that it exists it has more power than if the collective mass is in denial of it hmm. no a thousand percent bro and okay well yeah man thanks for that um just on ethereal forces um uh, as we're saying, bro, we're just having conversation and sharing ideas. Like with the voodoo, for instance, voodoo is like the most um, Disney Mickey Mouse way to define it in my culture. And it, no, for real, it's, it's um, yeah, Disney, uh, fictional character, so we're not attacking anyone. It's the sweetest, which is why you probably don't understand it. And you're not supposed to, or you think of the doll they do that like up in Congo and, you know, like more into Africa. And I only know that because I've got 
uh, friends from Congo, Mali, and all these different countries. But in, in, in South Africa, man, it's more like it's a culmination of uh, culture, tradition, technology. Um, it's, it's what she's saying. It is ethereal forces because we, be, we, we when I say we, I mean people who interpret the culture of the Nguni um, have a specific way that we treat our ancestors. Uh, we build specific structures. We have certain ceremonies. So when I say voodoo, I'm summing it up in that because I understand most people have an inferiority complex when it comes to that concept. But it's definitely a real thing because it still is energy. It's It still is energy. And as you know, you can't destroy energy. You just transfer it. Um, so whether it's through the arts, through uh, the words and language, linguistics, it's all a prevalent thing that, because I'm only saying, and I'm only this passionate because I was also the one who didn't believe. And so supernatural instances and occurrences occurred in my life where it was just beyond me. And it's like, okay, I don't believe in this, I don't subscribe, but then some things are not meant to be understood by, by just our brains, Max. you know, I mean, some things are, are, are divine. And and when when you get in touch with these mediums and these different types of source of information where you're not even sure what's happening, you kind of give it a respect and a space where, I don't know what this shit means, but it I don't have to believe in it, but it can affect you. No, I completely hear that. Like, I just, like I said, like, I just kept noticing things. And then over time, it's like, do I understand the shit? Fuck no. I don't even think I need to. Like, that. I'm cool. Other people can tell me a bunch of shit. And I'll just pick and choose what I think is nifty and not. Oh, no, no, no. But, yeah. like, yeah, facts yeah. is. Like, you can believe it. Like, you, if you really, like, allow your mind to open a little bit, you can kind of sense these energies and vibes off of people that are not like just physical like you can probably use mm. physical references to interpret them but there's something to people where you just know if you mesh with them or not and in a lot of ways people like they do it but they don't understand it so they're in a lot of confusion and misreading signals but there's like so much to it mm. where like i can just tell like within two or three seconds of talking to a person y'all fuck with this guy at first i didn't understand why but then you start looking into how other people do it and you're like yo too many people are finding peace and love in the world and serenity and shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be less stubborn. I want to be less angry in life. <laughs> you know, like. Mm, mm. No, I feel you, bro. Like, yeah, big facts, bro. So how, so how old were you, by the way, when you found the rap conference thing? I don't remember what it's called, well, it's, but that's what it sounded yeah, it's like. Called, yeah, it's, it's bad sensor. It's life check. Right. And... I must have been um, probably like 14, 15. Yeah, 14, 15. So it was like yeah, anybody because, could go. Yeah, anyone could go, any race. We had white, black. There's actually a dope ass guy. I'm going to put you guys on now. His name is Ewok. Ewok. Type in Ewok. How do you, and how do you spell like Ewok? E-W-O-K. Right. He's... Yeah, Ewok, he's from Durban, white guy, phenomenal lyricist, very conscious. There was guys like Black Moss, who's in Vietnam now teaching English, phenomenal. Like these are people just from my my, um, my experiences, obviously more people that I know of, but th these are kind of the people that bridged the gap and made me and helped guide uh, uh, 
because like someone had to host these. So if they're like eight, nine years older than you, you give them that space because they know what the fuck is up. Like they know mm. the producers, they know where everyone is from and they kind of coordinate and control all this. That's, yeah, like we came up, like you, you had to, when you grab that mic, cause you'd come and write up your name when you want to perform or you could be outside with the stoners and you know, and just try freestyle and probably get your head ate off, you know, or you could be like, I want to go spit something I wrote. And if that shit was whack, you get booed instantly. Like that's the city I'm from. We don't fuck around. Like if it, it gotta be fire. You gotta have the, the, the confidence, the belief in you. Otherwise you get chewed up. Yeah. Can I just shout out Dulares for his contributions in the chat? Godfather of hip hop and, uh, graffiti in durban and he's been shouting out a bunch of shit also shout out yanala for answering there because that's fucking dope hey. too i don't know if i'm saying that right if i'm saying it wrong it is what it is <laughs> but uh, no 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 big big love i think i think those are my that's one of my homies uh sandesh amazing typographer from durban um type typography type typographic key at uh, typography uh, it's a it's a type of genre that's typography based by this graffiti and then yanella is someone that, yo if the yeah, graffiti dog. dude wants to do an interview and talk that talk man i'm down i'm so fascinated by graffiti as like a subculture but it's it's not the legalest shit over here so people aren't going to be so <laughs> forthcoming <clears throat> well it's not that legal here but I, i'm sure he'd love to and i'm definitely gonna swing your details um yeah man as i as i keep saying bro like man i got like definitely i'm gonna link you up with the guy i'm gonna drop him a message and make it happen but my g like there's so much to share and and so many different types of um different types of versions of mx that do different types of things that i feel need to get on switch I'm trying to get this platform to pop out here man <laughs> yeah i think in a lot of ways we share a similar desire for our local communities I'm not gonna lie not to say that there isn't people from Montreal on Twitch but I would say the percentage of people is way smaller than I would prefer it to be as they go off Facebook lives and stuff and it's like why mm. Facebook gonna fuck up your live within a year my guy it's over there and then like Instagram yeah, live Instagram uh, has the worst chat they, feature in history <laughs> they're so short bro like the longest like they'll be like 15 or 20 minutes mm -hmm. I came on Twitch you go an hour now definitely can go an hour oh wow wow are we on hour it doesn't even feel like it no but no i meant like on, on instagram you can hit an hour at this point with a live and i think they let you go longer but it's still trash chat the chat is no, garbage no, it's, it's super trash especially once you experience twitch with the emotes and the fits oh and gosh. the community and the love it's it's like bro i love twitch bro like, music really, and it, really we have to emphasize music twitch you have to like throw that word up because not all Twitch is the same Twitch and a lot of people are just yeah. used to gaming Twitch. So you say mm -hmm. Twitch and they picture gaming Twitch and I'm not the most comfortable in gaming Twitch. I don't understand any of the culture. <laughs> it's weird to me. It's not my thing. But music Twitch has really just been all love and all fun. And I kind of think like interview podcast Twitch is I too. Like mm -hmm. I haven't found any negativity in those communities. It just seems like it's like youtube attracts a certain kind of people and twitch attracts like a different kind of people and it's fucking nifty plus like you kind of can't get away with saying shit you just get banned <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and you can have moderators with it bro like i love the community man and as i'm saying i'm still learning i'm still trying to figure things out 
but I, I must also give a shout out to, um, since we're talking about Ewok and Black Moss, there's a guy named Maraza, Maraza MC from South Africa. He was on Twitch and he's, I've actually got a track with him, but we'll talk about him later. Um, he's very poetic as well, uh, just like me, just a lot more older and been in the game longer, but he's on Twitch as well. His name is Maraza MC. I'll, I'll definitely link you up with him. Yeah, how do you got to spell it, man, because the way you're saying it, it's not going to spell like how we're used to it. <laughs> okay, so it's M-A-R-A-Z-A. -A. Oh, my gosh, because, yo, I'm with Ismail. S-S-A is what I was thinking, too. I know, Z-A. Fuck, man. See, that's why it's some... <laughs> Just type in Maraza uh south africa youtube and he'll pop up and then you can just follow him from there but he's he's incredible man he's really incredible he's he's a deep inspiration to me but more than that he's more like an elder brother to me in music mm. because you also have to have like with him i'm only saying this to say because when people get into situations with labels and they have songs but then they still retain a certain authenticity and they learn the business they don't teach us a shit over here bro like there's no this is how you make it there's none of that shit bro like most guys who end up who are talented enough to get a deal end up in bad situations or can't figure it out so i i, I just always gotta shine light to the people who know the business the creativity and everything you know yeah i can definitely appreciate it and it's also just worth it to give love to the people that helped you that's just a good thing yeah. to do in the world. Um, so you basically start really getting into music then at like 14, 15, and, and you start like like rapping for real reels. At that point, are you like actively making songs or is it more just like freestyles and stuff like that? Yeah. Bro, uh, do, do you remember EJ? EJ, the program? Yes, actually. <laughs> That's the second time this has happened, but believe it or not, no. I made beats on EJ when I was like 14 one time. Yeah. I fucking yeah. swear that's a real thing for my life. Oh my god. My, pew, 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 pew. my dad bought this like <laughs> box of random ass computer programs and it was in there. <laughs> my <laughs> And when you look at it now, it's like, how did we... And at the time, you thought this is the best and most phenomenal thing I've ever made, correct? Yeah, because I made it, and I could do it. And I made exactly. it. Exactly. It was beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So prior to EJ, my bro, so the, the story about EJ is funny because um, when this is grade nine, uh, there was an Indian homie of mine. His name is Kylan Grisha. He's on, he's a fine artist today. He makes amazing paintings. Kellen Gracia. So it's C-A-L-L-A-N-G-R-E-C-I-A. -L -L -A -A. Kellen Gracia. So basically, we used to have this weird um, extramural activity type of um, thing you could do after school. And it was called the hip hop club, right? This is me in the suburbs going to a fancy old boys school. And I was like, this is interesting. But now they, they, they had like graffiti and then they had like the shitty small speakers and, you know, like they try to make it a thing where you can rap, but it was corny, but it was like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was something, it was something at the time, bro. Cause you need to understand there's no studios. There's no, there's no nothing like now, you know what I mean? So it was like pioneering, mind blowing. You guys actually want to hear what we want to say. Awesome. 
So I linked up with him over there and I heard him freestyle and I'm like, how the fuck is this guy so good? He's like my age, but he sounds like he's 19 or 20. This is like 15. And when I'm, I'm attributing good to being able to rap like Twister from Chicago, right, right, right. he's doing that. And he's like this Indian dude. I'm like, bro, how the fuck is this guy so dope? Because up to then I'm thinking I'm the shit because I had a shitty tape. I had a shitty tape recorder that I had that I could listen to radio to. And I bought empty tapes and then I'd record myself, but it was pretty shitty. But I thought that was good, you know, at the time. No, hold on. I wanted to say something. In all ways of spitting it, if you are 14, 15, making songs with the shittiest technology in the world, <laughs> that is good. Because I know people that don't even start doing that in their life till their mid-20s and shit on some lazy tips or whatever. So everybody that really gets their hustle on that early and finds intuitive and ingenious ways to create, like maybe it's not your best work, but nobody's first work is their best work. And the fact is it's still practice. It's still teaching you about recording. You're going to have to learn about peas popping in ways that I had to learn about way later on where you just so skills that you're developing and shit so i just like to highlight that shit is huge successes when people do describe it because that's really what they are yeah no dog i appreciate that and more than anything bro i i think i suffer from that on being too hard on myself and critical but one thing i had to learn man is um some people could rap for two years and become the biggest thing some people could rap for 20 and still not get it I always look at myself as a work in progress and through doing that, I kind of get better each time. Uh, hence the freestyling and stuff. I, I only really freestyle when I'm determined, like really good when I'm motivated to, or when I'm angry, because that's what I come from. Like someone, this is your whole family and you don't know them. You want to like leave your heart and soul on that. But anyway, so at the time, this guy was, he had different types of influences and I was so, um, amazed at how good he sounded so i started hanging with him and we started going to his house and he had the program ej so now i'm moving from a tape recorder shitty thing present that i got that i was embarrassed about to oh my god this guy's got a pentium one or two with ej we mom dad i'm about to make it like fucking wow. oh my gosh our lives are about to change like i'm about to make the hardest shit ever so he took whatever loops or whatever drum kits that were standard loop that and then uh you have to record in the closet with a blanket over your head so <laughs> bro, i've been there i've done that yeah i've got i've got the cd from 15 bro like it's in the garage somewhere but that you know you know that story man I, well i know the blanket over the head thing from day job land we had a I had to deal with some shit where like i was making how-to tutorial videos and shit and we moved into a new office and there was literally yeah. echo everywhere so the oh solution God. was we found this carpet, put this over your head. <laughs> so what's crazy yes. is I brought my homeboy in and we made a song like that one time. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you something. Called? What was it called? The, the song's <laughs> called Good Vibes. It's on YouTube right now. But from an audio perspective, dude, I have never yeah. had a tighter sound control in my life oh, wow. no soundproof wow. than this fucking thick ass carpet over your head that you had to like hold up like this while you're recording i fucking <laughs> swear but it worked better than any room or booth i've ever been in <laughs> that's insane bro sometimes sometimes the 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 
things at your disposal help you create the best thing you could. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that sounds the best because poorly mixed garbage but from a recording audio perspective i was like shit bro there was no echo this thick ass blanket controlled everything <laughs> no bro big facts bro like if it works it works and at the time bro like my rapping was atrocious because you need to remember i was a poet a self-proclaimed poet who's writing this poetry i'm lost <laughs> you know like that's what i'm attributing like even then i wanted to add the zulu and the english and try uh come up with the style because some of my favorite rappers in sa did that so i started hanging out with this guy and i, I thought like man i want to like I, I i like him he's better than me you know he used to Throw bomb graffitis. He came up with the tag, like he was hip hop because he had access to what hip hop was. Your double uh, XL magazines. He would buy it at CNA because they had money, and you know what I mean. Like not that I didn't, but we were very scarce with it. You know, we just had to use what we had to use. So I'd hang around with him to kind of learn, and he had these markers and taught me how to graffiti. So through hanging with him, I learned the fundamentals of hip hop. And then I started to meet more interesting guys throughout high school, whom I later made at that uh, life check conference, hip hop uh, event that happened once a month, every Saturday. So that's basically how you start getting into the earlier thing. So you're a teenager mm. and now that's 15 year career so far. That's fucking gangster. Yeah. I don't care what anyone well, says. Well, besides the talent, besides the shitty talent shows, um, mm. and well, covers. No, fuck that. We include that shit. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. <laughs> my biggest performance, <clears throat> my the, my best, my most high profile performance is fucking karaoke. I don't give a fuck. That counts. <laughs> yeah. So how many people? Uh, wasn't that a uh, hundred ish? I don't know. It was at the Just for Last Festival at Montreal. So I cared more about the fact that it was the shittiest of the big stages yes no but at least it was something you know yeah and it was me rapping rap god by eminem so it's not even my own fucking music oh shit nah dog that's impressive bro you can spit that whole thing not um, as well <laughs> whatever i can't do it as well but I can oh my god it. <clears throat> it's a lot Snapped it's right like now. fucking like six minutes of shit and that part of the song's boring actually but what I got to give Eminem props for on that one song is it's really like an interesting codex of classic hip hop. If you do break it down, like shit, like he sneaks in a pack in the Mac in the back of the act into like a bar. Mm. And if you know what that means, you're like, oh shit, big pun and shit. But if you don't know what it means, mm. so it's like, mm. I really like that one track for that reason, but fuck, I can't listen to it no more. Yeah. Cause you did it so much. It's a part of you, <laughs> bro. Uh, while we on big pun, man, bro. I'm, I actually just remembered my first CD ever was the Slim Shady LP, the one that had that song, Mushroom. Mm. Oh, I don't know if you know it. Yeah. I never meant to break it. I never meant to break it. I went to John's grave. I went to John's grave and Brian and Dave and made a new wave, blonde babe, and having a hair shave. Bro, when I heard that, this was I was in grade seven, so we skipped this, but I was like, how i don't even know how i got that cd i think my dad must have like got it like on some he saw i'm saying i like music so he probably just took whatever and he's like let me get this for my son bro i was just like how how is this guy doing this technically and it still makes sense and that actually made me want to write poetry and shit so 
Oh yeah, and capital capital punishment by Big Pun. Come on, man. Like that's timeless classic, bro. Like love Big Pun, bro. So yeah. Um those were some of the influences. Okay, I'm actually lost. I don't even know where we are now. You're like <laughs> Oh yeah, karaoke. Karaoke and you doing rap god. And then we're bringing you back to to we're saying that to say that your career is like fucking long and that's pretty fucking dope and impressive. So we're just trying to compliment you really. That's what we were doing here. Uh, Oh, bless, 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 bro. But you know, you know what's crazy, man. So after, uh, okay, we know where I'm from and what, how I started. So I go to college or university and I, I was, art always fascinated me because of the hip hop, uh, the Indian dude who put me on hip hop. So I loved art and that's how I grew into art. So I, I wanted to be like a lawyer or some shit, but then one of my options was graphic designer. And I had no idea what that is, but I was like, hmm, fashion designer does fashion. And then a graphic designer designs graphics. Ooh, what's a graphic? Is it like the DVD logo? Like I was fascinated. So I wrote down graphic design and I got accepted for that. And I didn't understood what it entailed. So I went to the Durban University of Technology and one of the subjects is visual communication. That's uh, what I did in my higher learning. And over there is when I really started sinking my teeth and into music. And I formed a group uh, called Niche Fam, Niche Fam, N-I-C-H-E-F-A-M. Um, and we, that's when shit just took a higher level. We started going to bats and more. Um, I met a lot of doper rappers who started fucking with me and we formed a rap or a music group. And we went on to have the first music videos from uh, Durban to be played, like independently done, shot by themselves. Like I didn't mention any of this, but yeah, man, we did our thing as niche fam and we dropped two mixtapes and made a little bit of money at the time. So Make, that's when shit changed. To be fair, it makes sense that we didn't mention that yet because we were still like in high school. <laughs> and now we've moved on to college, which would make sense. So if this is what happens next in your story, that this is the right time to talk about it. First of no, all, yeah. that's incredible that you were able to pull that off. So you're saying nobody else did it, and then you guys did it. Yeah. Tell us more about that, because that's what it's incredible. Doesn't matter where you're no, at. Bro. When you're like in yeah, that moment, man. incredible. No, bro. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. My degree was supposed <laughs> to a diploma. My diploma was supposed to take three years. It took me five years because I kept flunking. Uh, we'd be going up to Joburg. Here's little me thinking he's got balls because we're making some money off selling mixtapes on the streets. And this stuff is on YouTube. Like we used to vlog it and all these, like we didn't know what we were doing, Yo. but we were, getting, we were becoming successful at it and making revenue. Hold stupid up. Stupid me. Yeah. First of all, there's nothing stupid about clocking valuable life experience. Now you want to talk about valuable life experience, <laughs> vlogging, selling mixtapes, making music to me to me as yeah. a person who's sitting here with my life those were very useful things to learn how to do from uh being an interesting perspective bro i dropped out of university because i fucking like oh, failed shit. out my gpa what were you studying psychology oh wow but then i said to myself um i don't want 10 years of school in debt and uh i just didn't care i missed the drop deadline four f's boom on my transcript next course i tried i didn't give a shit i didn't go to class i didn't really want to be there so i just went to work and then got fucking lucky 
<laughs> facts because who was who was funding your your education was it self-funded or yeah, badly but, or what nah, it was me and the shitty government situation so it happened a big thing that fucked me up actually is um so i fill out this paperwork and then the government's all like based on the fact that my mom had a job okay we're gonna give you this much money for loans which doesn't cover my all of my books and shit which fucked me up a bit i was like okay your mom's supposed to pay you this much but my mom lost her job right so oh, shit. Sorry, man. that no i was fine but like this was back then and uh so yeah. the government didn't know this yet because they hadn't filed income taxes so we fill out the paperwork and blah 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 and the government goes oh okay we're gonna give you the same amount of money and your mom doesn't have to contribute and i said what Oh shit! What? And then they basically went through this thing. They told me I didn't have to move out, and because I chose to move out due to like environmental issues at home that I probably shouldn't go into, um, I because I didn't have to, they don't give a shit, and it was my choice, so I fucked myself and out of better student loans and shit. And I'm like, oh, that's a real thing. And apparently, you're oh, not shit. like supposed to move out if you want student loans. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's a thing and uh yeah so i just really lost interest in school honestly on some government bullshit like why the fuck am i gonna try if like it's really like that fuck it, it was really like that i spent more time trying to deal with this loan situation than i could give a shit about getting excited for school like how do you get excited mm. for fucking frosh when you're like i can't even afford fucking my books <laughs> No, I feel you, bro. I I, I feel it, man. Plus, you just Damn, I just moved out, so it's my first rent, ever. You know, sure. like you're not like. How old are you at the time? Twenty. And this is like, yeah, it was a different time. And I'm like, you're working minimum wage too, right? So it's like you're not exactly mm. balling. No, that your your whole salary is going towards your rent, basically. I will kinda i think i was a little more blessed because i had a roommate so it was a little chiller but yeah uh, a lot of you like with a roommate it's not that bad but it's kind of like yeah. that like you're not really rich you don't have like the, you don't have the money to deal with like a lot of extra shit now i could have made it work blah 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 but like you're working you end up working full time kind of and it's like a lot and then i'm like anyway more bullshit happened and so i ended up dropping out and it worked out real well for me i don't recommend that mm -hmm. to people but yeah <laughs> it's kind of, it's it's so weird because it's no like a transcript or, or or way to do it whatever you're defining it as living your life i mean you could like one of the biggest rappers in south africa dropped out at, in grade 10 and his parents was a teacher like in south africa if you don't have grade 12 you're pretty much deemed uneducated you know so i'm tr i'm saying that to say to your point that sometimes the worst occurrence or what doesn't make sense at the time kind of helps you in the long term because it builds you and builds character like me failing as well i felt two two years of college it may have looked like a waste but i actually learned invaluable skills that i could never learn that being fucked over by promoters um drinking late nights not understanding what the fuck i'm doing because you know i got to experience a little bit of what fame and the industry is and how uh, they try to seduce you. It's it's really a real thing, you know. Like you're going to houses you don't know, and it's 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 just very strange. I remember, dude. I was I was because this is why I was saying stupid me. In the situation, there was three of us in the group, and we we're using my personal bank account. So every single time we'd make money, we'd put it in my name. And I remember 
the end of the third year, I got a letter from the tax man, Uncle Sam, which is called SARS. And they're like, bro, um, you know, because I wasn't listed in a specific tax bracket. So I remember like having to experience that, like, oh shit, this is real. We're actually really making real money and it's going to me and we're not paying taxes on this because it's from CDs being sold on the street. So it was, I had to learn like, things like that in working in group situations and always being clear of what you need to do as an individual in whatever happens. Wow. That's serious, eh? So effectively y'all made money as a group, ran it through you. You didn't do it in a way that kept the government from noticing and the government yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it was like we were traveling and stuff. So all this stuff is self funded, bro. So we we as much as it seems, but we weren't rolling in the streets heavy like that because we're just kids who look cool, who get fresh clothes and stuff like that. But we're not like, what's the word? We can't walk around with the money under the bed type situation because maybe we'll go up to Joburg for two weeks, go grind it out and hustle and then come back because we've got some shows or we linking up with people over there. So, yeah, man, it was all interesting, but like, check it out another time. It's a group called Niche Fan, uh, N-I-C-H. E-F-A-M. And y'all, is the yeah. vlog and stuff still available? Bro, it's all there, man. It's so my embarrassing. Word. No, it's not. <laughs> You're looking at it embarrassing the way I look at my old interviews and shit and cringe. It doesn't make them bad. It's just what we do when we look at our lesser selves as we perceive it and whatever. But honestly, dude, I think it's one of the most... It's incredible that you documented this period of your life, right? I was just talking yesterday to a guy who made a documentary and is like doing it in a movie premiere and shit in Montreal. And part of his ability to do that was because he spent a year documenting basically mundane shit in his world. Like just mm. what was important to him. I mean, it would be mundane to everybody else except for him and his passion for it. So if y'all are doing this and you're making money on it, like actual musicians, it's almost like proof so that when you're later on rapping about selling mixtapes and shit on your 2018 shit, um, there's like proof you did this. And it's not fair. Yeah, no. So it's kind of no, like different than when other people say shit like that. And you're like, I mean, I believe you, but in your case, there's proof. That's fucking cool. But also the skill set of vlogging and putting your life out on blast like that. You're going to tell me that doesn't help with the Twitch today? I think it does. And that's why I'm saying, bro, I'm so fucking like on it. Like, I'm, no, you know, bro, I, I, I've got no idea. You open for oh, Lil Wayne? Yeah, well, our group did at the time when he came to our city. Dude, it was the most insane thing. They came through with like 25. Remember, this is Lollipop Little Wayne. Like, this is quite a three Little Wayne. Bro, that guy came through with like 25 police cars. Because we opened up for him. Oh, we got a music video where we're at the concert. Uh, just type in Niche Fam Spin Around. And, um, uh his college age you're doing the college age right when you're doing this yeah yeah this is all college uh college time as you can see we in the durban workshop selling cds just hanging out by the bus terminals which is not too far from that spot i was telling you about that live check spot it's pretty much at the center of the city the cbd in durban no it's really it's... so this is 2011 12 13 those those years so basically, <clears throat> you're running that grind. You're basically living the life of a young rock star, doing your thing. 
running it. Well, balancing it with college. That's why I like J. Cole because I feel him, dog. <laughs> like you, not really a rock star, but you still a student, but you're still trying to make these grades, but you, yeah, still trying to make it in music. I mean, I'm sure you have a few more rock star moments than the average student. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, let's just say that music video was popular in the races. I'm not sure what you guys call them, but it's basically yeah. the people who live on campus. Yeah. Well, um, he was studying graphic design, right? Yeah. Visual communication. And so then it took you longer. You had a comfortable life. You clocked some life experience. Yeah. I mean, it sounds yeah. weird, but like, I sincerely think this flow where people finish school at like 23 with a degree and go to work and then are expected to just do that forever it's fucking weird because you don't even know what you want to do at 23 no more like how do you know what you want to do <clears throat> i don't think that many 23 year olds are like yo i want to be at this company forever they're like i'm gonna be here no. and make some money figure it out and then go figure it out you know like it's a weird flow yeah whereas other no my, my no my g i think what made it fascinating with me is that i always tried to when I tried making music, whether it's that shitty tape recorder I got, I always tried to use, like me wanting to be a poet, for instance, I tried, I used that at school. So I always try to let my passion shine through my everyday life because it's all I knew. So I had to go super hard with like studying poets or, so with the music, um, in college, so even the projects, I try bringing the music, you know, trying to sell the idea of the uh, marketing and advertising will have the beats, for instance, you know what I mean? So it's not knowing what I wanted to do. It's just I was super passionate about creating and being a creative. And luckily, graphic design allowed me to just do that somehow. So, I mean, in your case, I guess there's a lot more synergy than most people. But I know that other countries have flows where, like, you don't go to university right away. You go live life a little bit, and then you go to university. Mm -hmm. So by accident, you pulled that off by accident. And so when you finish university and start your professional reputation, you're just a little bit older, a little bit more able to impress some people. Bro, I still got it. I'm at the same company for 11 years. Now, this is wonderful. Damn, triple OG. Yeah, it's just weird. But, like, it's good because no, I've advanced and it's like I've had, yes. I don't think I've been in the same position for more than two years. So, like, in that regard, it's kind of blessed. But they remember all of the dumbass shit I did. Everything. <laughs> I was about to say, bro. They, they got all the files, bro. Bro, 22 till today, I can tell you, I have said and done so much dumbass shit that like to this day they remember that <laughs> and you're just like oh my god how do they know this shit no it's like why can't they forget it guy that was so long ago <laughs> but that's just bro that's dope is. though yeah that, no but that's dope on the other hand it's like you drop out of university what are you gonna do if something just keeps handing you opportunities just take them and then after a while in quebec you get more vacation time the longer you stay at a company probably because yeah. so few people do and so I ended yeah. up with like, because of where I'm at, I have seven weeks of paid time off a year. Damn. I was like, hold up. I could go on tour and keep my bro. job. <laughs> right? Like, you can. You know? Wait, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm like stunned. You can ask Yanella in the chat. We literally only have two weeks of 
To be fair, it took ten years to get that like extra couple of weeks. They um, recently true. changed it to to three true. years. Then the company yeah. has extra incentives where they give us a week off at Christmas. So one of those weeks I don't choose. Fair enough, whatever. And then you have five personal days, which is cool. That's new. That's not a sick day. That is literally you can call in and be like, I don't want to work. Done. I mean, usually. Usually you are a little more, I don't feel good, done. Because you don't want to like say it like that, but yeah. nobody uses sick days when they're sick. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah. Bro, I'm, okay, well, I don't want to force forward in the story. We'll, we'll get there. Fast forward, we'll it's fine. Days. We can pop around. Okay, well, yeah, so after, oh, another dope thing we did as the group, and then we're going to move off the group, because it did finish like three years after, and then... I went into my solo bag, but uh, the, another dope thing we did, and this is the highest amount of people I've ever performed for, is we performed when in 2010 the FIFA World Cup was in South Africa. Okay, so we yeah, got I remember to perform, that. Yeah, we got to perform at the public viewing areas, so it's like 15,000 people, dog, like top that on the beach because they're watching in public spaces. So that was actually quite remarkable because we did like eight of those, and. Yeah, man, it wasn't the best money, but it was like, shit, we get to perform and sell CDs. It gave us that feel that we are living out our dreams. I mean, that's the cool. That's, that's cool. Not many people are yeah. ever going to flex like I performed at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> that is living out dreams. I don't care how else to put it. That's living out dreams. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a represent. It's, it, it was for a reason, so I have an experience. It's like, yeah, like it's not like a definition of now you hold on to it. It's more about I got to experience that and, you know, like it either works for you or it doesn't. <clears throat> nah, I mean, I'm going to look at it like this. Life is like stories, right? So at the end of the day, when you look back, money is one of those things that doesn't really translate into good stories right like so that's not success to me it's not the dream the dream is the moments right and it's like if you're able to keep recreating amazing moments you're living the dream now in order to even recreate them later in life you kind of have to have i find a baseline of some amazing moments that happen to you to even spark that like motivation so you being at like this olympic situation with all these people bro i'd never performed to that many people one time in my life but i did get to perform to a few hundred and that sparked me to go bro i want this next thing and i know people who haven't even performed to a hundred so it's like by tasting the bigger things or like yo i got to go to pakistan with work with like a per diem and shit and it's almost like what in that like moment for that month i was worth five times my salary for a month oh wow i didn't know what wow. it felt like to ball out and buy fucking seven people food and shit like i never done that in my life I and mean, haven't really done that's that dope. since because you can't i can't do that here and then i'm like yeah. no that's what i want though i want yes. that in a way oh, wait, wait. were you there for work related or was it yeah it was work related no, oh, no, like okay. no, but that's still yeah, was, yeah that's man. a really dope experience, bro i got to man. go like work with like the people go like fucking smoke cigarettes and play fucking uh but not the fucking bill not billiards but like the one that snooker i got to play fucking mm. snooker with them in the fucking snooker bars is whatever shisha was just made illegal eating all this shit you know like it was you know fucking buying knockoff fucking shit all over it was a vibe man yeah you know, i loved it <laughs> but i don't know if i would have loved it if i, I wasn't bottling 
So like bottling over there was kind of nice, but it, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was like to not have to ever think about a dollar. That's mm. a vibe like yes. I'd never experienced in my life. But now that I experienced that, I want to experience that for the rest of my life. And until I can achieve that, I won't stop. I feel you. I feel you. But but to your point, does money equal happiness though? You know, like mm, no. it can give us it can it can give us experiences that attract the situations, but it's not the actual money because in those moments it's the it's the ability to not worry about the money that's that the, but that's, the that's all I want is to not worry about it. I don't actually care about yeah. having it. In fact, I'm very happy to give it away if it keeps coming in. I don't give a fuck about mm. like materialistic wealth. I'm almost at a salary point where I really am comfortable, like truly mm. comfortable within myself. I would just like all of the art to pay for itself and not be like a loss mm. of my shit. Like these are my my oh, definitions yeah. of success, <laughs> you know? Like it's not like I really care about that much more. Bro, I play video games and I smoke weed in parks. Like I don't need a lot in my life. I have a bicycle. I'm cool, my guy. Like, I don't need no fancy-ass cars. You can just look at me to see it's not fashion choices for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm simple like that shit. You know, like, but, like, the idea of being able to go take the homies with me, that's expensive as fuck. And I don't want to just go out there by myself. Nah, you got to, like, there's a lot of people and now all of a sudden going to the nice spot costs like 700 and I don't know that we all have that. So I want to have that for other, it's weird to say, but like, I want those experiences when I want without having to listen to anybody telling me they can't do it. Mm, big facts, bro. No, I completely agree. And I feel you. And just to open up to that point, I think, remember I told you I grew up moving around so much. I think, the, even the reason, because I was involved with coming up with the name, I always yearned to feel like I belong with the cool kids or, you know what I mean? Like I had a very huge void because the only familiarity I had was when we go back to the ancestral home like twice a year. And then I'm with my cousins and, you know, we're fighting and playing. But I yearned for that um acceptance from my peers so like wanting to feel that brotherly love from others moving towards something so i uh, just to say you know like taking the homies with you i always i didn't care about like the money and shit it was more about the experience and learning and building together but you know like shit transpired the way it did but it was a great experience and we got some good moments and like great you got stories to, to travel with the homies and shit like that's big i went and traveled with a homie and he was not even a homie no more so it's like just this moment that's kind of like lost to like me and that guy and nobody else got it mm -hmm. and i'm like yo to recreate those experiences man nah dude the company made that Be happen <laughs> i didn't make yeah. that happen in my life i guess okay whatever but like um so so what happens after the the niche fam thing so it ended um or niche yeah so niche fam it's niche niche I'm niche, just, I, niche well because i see the word places, and i say niche because it's how <laughs> i'm used to saying it no 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 you're absolutely right i was about to say that some places it's niche fam but then it's niche fam and we liked it because uh it, it just sounded everyone talks about niche in marketing and it just sounded very foreign but at the same time it's like you want to 
we like that word. It sounded fucking fancy, bro. And fam was for family, obviously. So we kind of were pushing this whole brotherhood thing because these are other people with different lives and different styles. So we come together in Durban when we learn or whatever, and we, that's what we called it. So after that, that ended in, I'd say, end of 2014. And luckily, around about the same time, well, the one guy got signed to a major label, the, our main singer, and uh, the other homie that inspired me, um, who rapped after me on Spin Around, he was like, okay, man, you see what it is? Um, this is the situation, bro, what you gonna do? <laughs> and he used to stay in the hood. Like I'd always be at his house, which was about six Ks away from where I'm at. And it, it just became a situation Hold of- Hold on, when you say six Ks, yeah. that's six kilometers? Yeah. That's a cool slang oh, thing. Sorry. No, it's cool. I like to, <laughs> to try to catch local slangs and shit. So that's like, yes. that's dope. Sorry. No, six, yeah, six Ks. But then what's also interesting, if you have 5K, you've got 5,000. So we, that's how we use it, Ks as well. Like, so I've got 10K or I've got 100K. It's like money as well. But 5Ks would be distance, but 5K <laughs> singular is money fascinating as fuck well well k k yeah for money so it's like 250k or whatever bro slang and lingo is a whole nother thing because yeah like i, I can teach you some <laughs> ah, anyway. sorry so yeah, give us so like six k's from your place yeah so no not even six maybe four and he stayed in the township but like we developed such a relationship like he taught me about battle rap and his elder brother had a a label a clothing label that he was uh he had designed with these cool t-shirts and stuff and i was just fascinated by him so as this is happening he's like okay bro we met as individuals let's pursue our individual routes we here for each other but do your thing i'll do mine so we recorded at the same studio uh we featured each other and he was basically a brother to me and he helped me put up the first project i did which is imx uh which is i released in 2015 Shit, this is six years ago and what made that project cool was it was my first one and i stood by myself <coughs> and <clears throat> i was able to like sell over like a thousand copies on the streets and i had some merch just through like relatives and walking around in during the festive times in durban and using my extended family so yeah man and with that the track that that really blew up from there is a track called spelele which I was telling you earlier on that Guaido cadence and the Guaido vibe, that's a track that definitely has that kind of like side and elements. It wasn't like hip hop or anything. It's like being at a party and just celebrating that we all together, spelele, that's what it actually means. So yeah, that got on a few radio stations and I was lucky to get a job after Niche ended at an advertising agency and then shit was just going ham at the advertising agency Yo, that's like, dope so because one thing that i find a lot of people struggle with in this game is marketing and promotion people seem to understand promotion but have no real understanding of marketing so if you're at an advertising agency you must have to care about marketing way more than the promotional I... elements to like succeed here right yeah of course and you see now this is where the story gets interesting and Hopefully, God willing, one day I can write a book. You can write just a book, like being. Man. You can. No, like <laughs> <laughs> just being a black South African creative in this climate and the things that I've picked up within these infrastructures and organizations. But 
let's put that off the record. Uh, but being at that advertising agency was really dope, bro, because <laughs> it was really dope, bro, because we got to work with alcohol brands, pharmaceutical brands, and I was the junior designer there. So coming from college, got all this niche fam energy, got all this energy, and I was just put in a place where I started learning about brands. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So when we performing and all these banners are here, this is like I activate, like I'm learning all the shit now that I'm in it and I'm getting to chill with these minds and it's just a fast high pace and guys are designing amazing and I'm just blown away. So I worked over there for about three years and I won't lie, they kind of shaped my thinking because I got to understand um, it's not just local brands. These are global entities with a footprint in another country. So how do you interpret it for that native market? Facts. So I... <laughs> Bro. I... Oh my God, you're speaking my day job shit now. <laughs> Emma. Okay, brother, have, we, we don't have to talk, bro. I have three Ukrainian agents that now report to me that manage social media. And one of my biggest challenges is to explain to them how to create an empathy statement that taps into American psyche being Ukrainians. Mm. So their language appears cold. And so they, they, they write in an English that is translated off of Russian slash Ukrainian. And so they think they're being like sometimes really courteous. And I'm like, nah, it's kind of cold. You got to remember <laughs> it's American yeah. folk we dealing with here. It's not the same. Think about how soft I am. Cause they're like, holding you soft as fuck, bro. And I'm like, I, I am soft <laughs> as fuck. Cause I mean, like they got some real shit going on like 200 kilometers from where they live. We don't have real shit going on. So for them, it's like a very different reality. So then, no, but you, you do have real shit in your own way. Come on, don't discredit yourself. So you told I mean, me not to so like, I'll give you an example. We got a bomb threat at work. It was not like a real one. It was just a troll guy. But the cops came to my colleagues' houses and shit. I was on vacation. I managed to dodge that. I told my, my employees about it. They're like, oh, hold up. The cops came for that? They like thought that was the dumbest shit ever because apparently like in, in Kharkov where they're at, like, bro, bomb threat shut down the metro so regular. It's a normal reason to be late for work. In that mm -hmm. context, it's like, okay, they got some real shit going on that we do not have okay, going on. So it's like in that context, it's like, yo, go go check out the Vice videos on the Ukraine situation. They just dropped one recent. Yeah. I haven't watched yet, but recent because it's seven years. That shit that like happened with like Crimea sparked some shit that has effectively been almost like weird ass pseudo war shit in the region for like yeah. seven years that we just forgot about. But it's some. Damn, so bro. it's like they're like, yeah, you soft, and I'm like. Canada's pretty soft. I'll give you that. <laughs> Fucking soft. We did get a really good question. Does the South African government offer grants or funding for local artists? Oh my god. Wait, who's that from? That's from my girlfriend. Cause, cause... Oh, okay. No, it's cool. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, bro. Oh my god, bro. Oh, just on that um, Ukrainians facing real shit, you sparked a thought that I wanted to bring to light. Like, um, some of our criminal activity in South Africa is so hectic that criminals pose as the police. That's how fucking crazy it is, is that uh, the criminals will pull up in a, cop, in a cop car with the branding and everything. And because you respect the law, that's how they get you. That's a very common um, thing that transpires within the South African climates across all 
provinces so it's a bit weird but to your uh, girlfriend's question of uh do the government does bro but a huge but the youth is considered 18 to 35 so now what happens is the people who do the treasurers the people high in power who get to sign off these uh funds and stuff all i'm trying to say is that power corrupts and the people who really dearly need it end up not getting it and it's such a like sad situation where we have great artists who are iconic like esther mashangu who does the beadwork the develop stuff um when they end up being crowdsourced and funded by people of the international community what i'm trying to say is that that's a very normal thing because all the money ends up going to the wrong people or not the wrong people people kind of pocket the money for their own purpose and it's not as widespread for the creators there are programs and instances but that's not a very common thing in south africa mm. so the institutions are there but no one can do anything about it because that's how it's run type shit yeah there's a a lot of actual funding that exists in canada who gets it up for debate but it's a lot more available than other people and the thing is is if you are willing to pay somebody to help you get a grant it's possible it's just not easy to do by yourself that's a thing that i understand because you're going against people who are paying for people who are helping them so it kind of changes the level of competition on grant proposals so you got to really know how to like dot your p's and q's and get it perfect but it's available in canada in a lot more abundance than other people because frankly we can't compete with other markets it's not possible without grant money would you what would you tell what would you say if i said in 2017 i was supposed to come out to montreal uh one of the artist residents up in the mountains over there <laughs> yeah, would you find that interesting i would yeah man <laughs> i got I got accepted, but then unfortunately, my one of my sponsoring my sponsor brands at the time couldn't come through. But I was trying to run away, bro. And I know a lot of like South African creatives resort to that. Like as I said, like Muzi, um, Spepelum Guni, who made this amazing painting over here. Uh, a lot of talented guys end up leaving the country and seeking salvation outside, getting enough money and coming back because we love it here because it's our home. Man, it's a very common thing. I would have loved to have seen the idea of you being in Montreal and what your experiences of trying to come up in Montreal would be like. I would love to see that shit because I don't have no idea how it would work. But I think you right now at your energy might have a chance with certain communities that are bubbling that I'm not part of right now. But are, there's a lot of bubbling happening in Montreal, especially yeah. in the English side of the city. Like it's a weird place. Demographically, it would make sense that we're doing better than we are, but attitudes are a lot more important than demographics and so mm-hmm. as time goes on i think covid created this big reset i want to call it where a lot of us got out of our normal environments and we're forced to like figure out who the fuck we actually are myself included mm-hmm. and this has allowed us to kind of reach out in different ways and be more willing to connect with each other which i think will allow us to now create this momentum that will have us bubble into a more fruitful scene than we've seen in the past because honestly it's been weird especially because there's two scenes there's the english scene and the french scene 
and they're not connected because mm. the Quebec. So is there like a divide? Is there like a divide? Big divide, and this is government fields. So the government uses what we call language politics to. It's a huge election point. Honestly, it's like one of the central issues every election. So there's an anglophone you vote for that one party because they're the only party that runs on yo English people vote for us. That's like part of their campaign. And then there's issues that are dumb. Honestly, the issues are fucking ridiculous in Quebec. But language is a huge one. So they pass laws and so they make it slowly more French through really weird assimil like they're doing it right now. So they just passed the law where they um wanna limit the amount of French people that can go to English education. Now, the reason they do this is because they control the <laughs> flow of information in French, but they can't control the flow of information in English. So the more they can discourage English education, the more they can kind of control the narrative in some North Korea-like fucking ways. It's actually really weird, and nobody talks about mm. it because all the media is French. So like, as mm. an Anglophone, it's a lot harder to get like good information and shit. So like, I, like, I don't want to like, it's, it's just weird, man. Like, they are legally don't have to give me medical attention in English anymore. And I'm like, hold up. Like, yo, that's doctor shit. <laughs> like, I kind of want to. So, yeah, that's crazy. We live in Montreal where there's like 560,000 fucking Anglophones. You would imagine that like, but no, there's no special exceptions. It's just Quebec shit. Boom. Like that. Damn. So at the end of the day, it creates a lot of animosity between Anglophone communities mm. and Francophone communities. Younger people are a lot more willing to work together and be bilingual. And a lot of us are more bilingual because of like I had to learn to speak French. Like you don't make money in this province if you don't speak French. Like you can get by, Damn. but there's caps, man. There's, you're not getting into management without being bilingual to some degree. You're just not going to yeah. happen. Cause you're gonna have no, to do man. It corporate. My, my bro, I I feel <laughs> you. I empathize with with the, with the scenario that um or the situation, not because I'm literally French or English, but I identify with those core issues of having to be bilingual, to not just because it it controls like over here, bro. It's it's so deep, man. It's pseudo politics, as you were saying earlier on. Um, I have to sound like a white guy on the phone. Facts. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say is if it was up to me, I'd rather speak my home language because we've got a developed language. So it's also got to do with history, politics, and power structure and infrastructure. But man, man, who's watching this shit? <laughs> no, people do, man. Believe it or not, this is what people kick okay, is like. We could talk about your music, and that's a fifteen-minute conversation. Or we could yeah. talk about your life and your experiences and the things you've been through, and it yeah. bridges the gap. Because no way. <laughs> but that's that's what we do. This honestly, that's why I'm like, nah. I really want to talk to this dude. Like ninety percent of it is like he's in South Africa. I mean, his music's blessed, but his entire life is going to be full of things that are just different than mine. But then you also find the similarities and shit. Commonalities, yeah. And it's like, yo, yo, like, yo, Montreal, we got to pay more attention to some other people's shit and see what how, but how you guys overcome this, how you guys manage and get through this. Yo, it's we can learn from this. And I yeah, feel like bro, my because... community doesn't like to look at other communities because we're kind of egocentric. Mm. Yeah, but it's also the exact same because there's um, like the generation of my father's parents, for instance, my grandparents, that generation of maybe the 
50s or 60s, yeah, they'll probably, they, because of the climates and the environments uh, within South Africa and how they were raised and how they were programmed, it's you fear, so you have to. But like with our younger generation, and I see it through my nephew, it's, we, we don't see color. We don't think those issues. It's more we're trying to connect to the truths as human because this worldview of I don't want to hear what you have to say because you don't look like me, that shit is dead and gone, bro. Like, it's the Me Too time. It's the LGBTQ. We don't care. You can be whatever you want to be. Just be a dope-ass human. And once we realize that, the, the world's already there, bro. Like, flying cars, 5G, we could have all that shit if we just get over the fact that we are one because once we realize that we're one we start fucking um coming up with ideas and you know what i mean we start merging and hybridizing this this fucking because the world like the world could be fucked or it could be an opportunity to connect and exchange ideas and become better and i think that's all that really matters because we all want to feel like we want to be heard but more than anything we all need love yeah stupid and corny as it sounds it's big facts I'm not disagreeing with the thing you said, man. Yo, shout out Golden Jenny from Norway. I love it when Golden Jenny's there because I can shout out the fact that someone from Norway is watching us because that's always just blessed to me. I'm pretty sure you're as excited by that as I am, right? Like, it's fucking Bro. trippy, though. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, man. She's fucking just... blessed about that. And she's real. Like, she's a real person. Like, and like, it just blows my mind that we can connect across. And she's like, sometimes hits me up in the DMs and be like, yo. You should think differently about this subject. And then I'm like, okay, if Golden Jenny's, <laughs> Golden Jenny's saying this, maybe I should reconsider my attitude because she's fucking Golden Jenny from Norway and she gives all the love in the world <laughs> and shit. <laughs> like she, <clears throat> she, throws, Shout out to she her, threw bro. up a little peace emote for that. <laughs> she's fucking wonderful. You're putting too much heat on her. <laughs> Nah, people love it yeah. when you shut out the like in my opinion no. if you shut them out in a way where you offer like the praise of the accomplishments or the impact they have on you you can get away with that every day of the week no a thousand percent and i don't know just in my personal young 30 years of life i found that these countries that are considered and deemed first world countries your um your germany's your norway's your sweden's your switzerland's your all these countries I think that's why they're so advanced because they realize the shit, but more than that, they are connected to humanity and that what that's where their power comes from because they truly appreciate being human, not to say or downplay any other, other places in the world. It's just, it, it also goes hand in hand with understanding that, fuck bro, we just humans. And I don't know, I just find it really funny that these countries that are deemed first world and are so great, are the ones who are very considerate and have love and want to show love. To be fair, I just thought that was interesting. I love what you're saying. Um, I don't know, man. I know what you. I know what you mean. I know that's how it's presented, right? Like that's how the blogs write mm. the articles. That's how the okay. happiness index is calculated, because these are all things. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I'm not saying Norway and they ain't like that. I'm not even saying that. <laughs> I'm saying it's just as you said that, I was like, yeah, but who said that? And then I thought about it, and it's a lot of blog articles. There's certain indexes that, because, yo, the one thing I can tell you about going to Pakistan is nobody's putting them on lists mm. like that. <clears throat> but they have this family love shit that doesn't exist in my community, and it doesn't get mm. rated. Like, if there was a family love index, I would love to see that one. Just that family, mm. familial love bonds. Mm. 
I don't know mm. how else to describe it, but I know that that's not one that anybody's talked about in my life. <clears throat> you can, I can I teach you a, a new philosophy that you can take from MX. It's called Ubuntu. Ubuntu. So it's you be like the like the operating system. Okay. Ubuntu. You, yeah, Ubuntu. Just type in Ubuntu philosophy and you'll be quite, and I know that the, the Japanese also have uh, something that's called wabi-sabi. There's, it's, it's it, it, human love and humanity is a philosophy across like a lot of like uh, cultures. I think it's just more shining the lights on that because it's so easy to be negative and be fear driven. But yeah, a, th a thousand percent, bro. Like people are, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, there's good people in bad places. There's bad places with good people facts all right so you start your music career in like 2015 as a solo artist you drop a mixtape yeah. you sell fucking a thousand copies of a mixtape in, in hold on in an era where music sales don't exist so it's really like selling a lot more than a thousand i'm sorry but that's what it is when you're doing it in 2015 like it, i mean it's a thousand but it's like value wise higher um <clears throat> and then you're popping off. You, I, I know you did some music videos back then too. I see your YouTube starting. So you're clearly still on your vlog, YouTube life shit. So tell us a little bit about, before we move into that though, we were talking about your marketing experience and how you were learning about mm. globalized fucking culture. So tell us a bit about that a bit more and then we can move back into the rap shit. Cause this is all a tangent. And then I remembered that part was super interesting too. No problem, man. You're phenomenal at this, dog. Um, just with the corporate infrastructure, um, you know, like I come from a family where education is deemed uh, important because I, I suppose that it offered my parents a new way of living. Um, poverty stricken communities and uneducated, uh, it's, it's, it's a thing. So when they were brave at the young age and they pursued um, information and education, they, although it wasn't the common thing to do, it kind of helped shape them. So even now, my sister's uh, is like got honors in marketing and like, I'm the least educated at home. So one thing I, no, like big facts, I'm the black sheep, no pun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so with that being said, I kind of understood that, hmm, I may not, one thing I do understand for me, because it may not be true for someone else, the, for my experience, I have to take learning very serious. But if I can combine fun and expression with learning, then I'm in another zone. And that's what I try to encompass. So when I went to the agency, <laughs> I hope they don't watch this, I told myself, because James Bond like we used to get DVDs at home. I was like, I'm gonna be an espionage act. I'm going to learn these infrastructures, these systems and make, um, apply it to myself, these principles, like I am a brand. So how would I approach an artwork? How does it transcend um, more? You know what I mean? And at the time it's, it, it's, it's just weird thinking because it's like, who's funding you? Like, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? I, you met with a lot of that kind of resistance but today I'm able to be in a position where I have a company registered to me and I'm slowly trying to learn more and more. So in terms of the day-to-day -day operations, I'll just get a fucking paper thrown at me by the traffic lady. I get a bunch of jobs and emails and I'd have to create content, uh, whether it's for Facebook, Twitter, social, whatever it is. 
And we basically try to get our clients by presenting content that is exciting to their brand and localizing it. So coming up with the copy, coming up with the animation, uh, if you have to get the camera and take quick pictures, do that, put their logo, whatever it is. So it was very fast paced and high paced, but I got to meet a lot of interesting um, type of people that I probably wouldn't meet and still have relationships with that enabled me to kind of think the way I do. Yeah, that's super valuable stuff. And it's really translatable into a freelance economy. And I think everybody should find a job in their day job life where they can go in and become James Bond and take that back into their existence. Because, yo, <laughs> a lot of what I do now is stuff I've done for a living, man. Like you do a webinar for work. Mm. A lot of that's where it started for me, right? A webinar. What's the difference between this and a webinar? Mm. nothing mm. honestly there's no difference a lot of these terms get are interchangeable podcast webinar same mm. fucking thing okay big facts, Ta- big facts. talk radio psh, okay maybe a little different mm. but same fucking thing <laughs> but like radio radio radio's dead bro people don't like well, that's not, not dead, true i was yeah, so wrong no I, know, I know. no I googled it <laughs> so there are two kinds of radio that are killing it talk mm-hmm. talk radio never died talk yes. radio is liddy talk radio and then country (laughs) the country makes sense because the average demographics for country tend to like things like not evolving technologically so country radio is number two and then it goes into like are those forms of terrestrial radio is it uh online radio no the country is like in the car country station like because it's and then talk radio same thing because people actually do like to listen to talk radio while they're driving to work and shit. So it actually has mm-hmm. a huge thing in especially, and actually talk radio is crazy because it's not just old people. So one time I was talking shit and so I made a Facebook post like, who the fuck even, whatever, whatever. Yo, shout mm-hmm. out Golden Jenny with the subscription. Woo, y'all hey, are wonderful. Um, so then I'm sitting there and I'm like, who the fuck even listens to radio? And yo, all walks of life, all demographic <laughs> showed up. People were like, I do, I do, I do, I do. And yo, on the way, to, and I'm like, realize, yo, car people, and I'm not car people. I'm cycle people. Yes. Cycle people be Spotify's and yo, that's crazy. Your light just changed. Spotify, yeah, like, and, try, and like trying to make it nice. No, it is nice. It's been nice the whole time. And then um, car people have very different habits, and I realized no, the car community fucks with radio, and that's it. Mm. They like radio. I don't know who else does. Big but Car people. So there is actually a market there, and I was an idiot for ignoring it for as long as I did. Mm. And mm. I'm now more open-minded about if an opportunity pops up, jumping on proper radio just to be because yo, my mom would fucking flex on that shit. You know, it's like mm. there's people. <laughs> Bro, you're reminding me. We were on the IMX project, and during my agency uh, run, your boy MX uh, did a voiceover for a brand called Rexona. We call it uh, Axe in South Africa. So I was able to do a voiceover and that shit was on radio for like six months, but I didn't understand uh, technical and mechanical rights. So I just did it as part of my job for a little small thing, but I thought it was quite dope how I was able to use my actual song that I was doing in my outside work life, incorporate that for an actual brand. I, I think that's when I started realizing that, hey, 
what you do, your day job, or if you're studying, there's always a way to incorporate your arts Fact. into what you do. Yo, like, honestly, a lot of my promo... So, I didn't make a lot of money as a rapper being a rapper, but I got promoted a lot at work because I am. Because I'm able to... It got me mm. into positions where I can go, <clears throat> Hey, everyone, and welcome to How To Tuesdays. This week, we're going to be covering how you can convert this file into another file type using this product. First, head on over here and click on this tab. Yeah, bro, I can do this all fucking day. I hey, can yo, do it fast. <laughs> like, I, how amazing is he? I was like, in, bro, that is amazing. Like, voice over with. Well, I just did hundreds of them. Like, literally, we went 208 weeks and 208 weeks. Like, boom, every week. That, that is, it's the weirdest flex, but my best content <laughs> accomplishment is a how-to series. Plus, yo, I had to write the knowledge base. That shit's a 350-page book. It's the worst mm -hmm. book I ever wrote. Nobody wants to read it, but I wrote a book called How to Use Soda PDF. That's the product. How to use what? Sorry. Soda PDF. It's like it, the whole knowledge base <laughs> is no longer me, but for like five years, that was my baby. So I wrote a 350-page book and tutorials on this fucking thing because I have the doc file one day, and I looked at the page count and the word count, and I'm like, that's a book. It's oh a my god, really, wow, that's amazing. Bro. It's a nobody published it. It's just articles online. But I'm like, bro, I wrote the worst book at not worst, but like nobody wants not worst, man. It's not like worst if man, that shit's nobody wants to read that. You know, like you want you want Wait, You literally just told me that there's someone who always wants to engage in something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No one wants to listen to it. Yeah, come on. No, I mean like in the context of what you want to be doing. Like there's active mm. listening and there's you're in a you're coming to this book then when you're having a bad day and you need help like it's not the same <laughs> but, kind of love but you're not, it's valuable but yo my name's not on that shit in my opinion no exactly but <clears throat> you are adding a value service yeah, which yeah. is going to you know like it's all about perspective because if you if you catch that formula what where can you stop I or mean, what else can you apply it to and documenting Montreal's hip-hop scene I'm not saying I stopped. That's, it evolved. That's, that's I'm just dope. saying that's that dope. part of it to me represents a lot of boring shit. That like yo, but I used to like 2 a.m. fucking yo. It was it was like yo, the release is coming, get it done on time. And I, mm. yo, it was it was an insane period of life, and got me used to long hours and shit. But to me, it's like yeah, at that time I was into it. Like now I'm bored with it. But at that time, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I could be sitting here. And maintaining the pace I maintain if it wasn't like I had to learn how to do that, but you know, then you move up. I didn't get like paid proportionately. I don't think I've ever really gotten money in the way you're supposed to get money in the way they tell you about it. But what ends up happening is you do <laughs> that shit. And then now I'm in this great position. Hmm. So the universe paid me in ways I wasn't expecting. It wasn't money. <laughs> big facts big facts because the experience and value that you accumulate with the experience do monetize in the future they just as you're saying they don't tell you that you you just like the way it's presented to us you do this it's as simple as one two three and then it happens and it's like no nah, nah. that's not what success looks like that's not it's it's fucked up bro like and i'm only um, drawing the parallel because I was designing for pharmaceutical brands with so much legal copy on a post 
it didn't make sense. They know that you're not going to read it because they can't back what they're saying or it is scientifically backed, but it's not true. I don't know why, but part of me didn't like that. But I had to recognize that, oh shit, this is used for this, but I could maybe do it in a different way for my, you know, it's it's being an alchemist, but you know about that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out still. I don't even want to pretend like I'm good at shit. I just think that one day I'll be so amazing. It's all going to work perfect. I just, feel you. Um, but it's still blessed that you were able to get, get that experience. And I think it makes you more interesting and practical as a person to work with. Like, nah, you yeah. get it. You, you, but that's like no. a, a tier of experience, which makes you competitive in an international audience in a way where a lot of people are kind of going to be stuck with local audiences. And I don't mean disrespect by that, but international is a fucking beast. Yeah, no, bro, those are big facts. And, you know, like, I'm really, fuck, man, I hate being this positive. Ah, I'm so happy. I love because it's not always like that. But having to face blatant uh, racism or extremely aggressive um, types of business people, having to work late nights and sleep a few hours has given me the confidence that I can just talk to any any brand over the years because for throughout those teenage years up to my first job, I, I've never, I don't buy clothes. Like I get sponsored them because you have to develop the lingo and the confidence to believe in yourself and to present yourself to stand for something, but also to get the free clothes, you know? <laughs> but it's also like finding value, right? I think that's the big part of it. Um, a lot of artists and people I know don't understand value the way that I think about value. And I just had to Google the, the definition of value. And basically there's mm -hmm. three kinds of values that exist. There's um, utilitarian utility value, which is a uh, value based on the idea of you make somebody's life easier. There is sentimental value, which is related to emotions. You can best look at it like nostalgia and other shit like that. And then there is social status value, which means affiliations and shit increase a social mm. status. So in a sense, I provide through this platform status value to anybody. I'm giving you an opportunity to look cool in that sense. And I provide utility value, marketing promotional material after, and then I try to tap into emotional value all at once. So it's like the ultimate value proposition mm. I can create with the interview. But that's what it is, right? Then my position in people's lives changes because there's a real value proposition where somebody wants that experience, right? And mm. then that's it. Facts, that's all I can do with this. <laughs> that's value to me. But value has nothing no, to do with money value, though. Man. But if you actually, I, and I just had to Google the definition of value last week and found this bless ass LinkedIn article and shit. So like, no, there's nothing to do with money and value. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Value has nothing to do with money. It has to do with everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm no, I, I can't say anything more, man. You totally hit the nail with the hammer on that one. Um, yeah, we should chase value more than we chase money. And uh, I think that with the experience you clocked, you can see the value in everything that you do, plus with the the vlogging and shit. But anyway, so you come back into your world and you're not doing this MX shit. I saw that you linked up a little bit with some next peoples for sure in that era too, because y'all seem to be- Which people? Fuck three o something something name of something oh oh three one oh three one Avengers yes that I remember seeing that you yeah. somehow got caught up in that um 
And then, yo, because, yo, when I see you have a YouTube channel, I'm not going to look at your first stuff. I'm going to go to the bottom of the page. I want to see you, like, six years ago rapping. So I actually watched more of your old shit than I watched your newer shit. Fire. And, you know, I've archived most of them because I'm embarrassed. But That's you know silly. what I mean? I'm archive that shit, bro. It's just your history. Okay, okay. But, but hear me out. Hear me out. Understand that I live like my competitors or whatever or people in my industry you looked at it as a flop if you not popping with the views and all this shit so imagine what that does to your self-esteem when you see double digits on something you put Bro, your heart and soul on i just no 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 i'm i'm, I'm just saying that the, the reasoning i'm not saying it's right no you, you just gave me a better idea though because your reasoning is amazing what? so you open up a patreon and then all of that shit's accessible through the patreon well, that's what I'm learning to do now that a part of me always knew that when I press record on this damn thing while we're doing this album that no one knows of, I feel like it's going to be worth something. So I've got like hard drives and shit. Like oh my just gosh, dude. And moments, you know? That's Patreon fodder, my guy. You can just go collect Patreon people who want to get the behind the scenes shit you don't want public. Woof! I'm not even lying. Bro, I'm, I, I'm trying to learn, man. I'm trying to learn, bro. Like, I'm... You need to navigate these muddy waters and figure it out. You know, like I'm just in a situation where I'm I'm learning. Like when Switch sends affiliate documents, I'm reading because I'm trying to understand. Because it's like I've been looking for something like this my whole life. Like yeah, thanks for the bits, Golden Jenny. Um, yeah, I'm gonna double down on this shit because I think you have something that's magic that I don't have, and I'm a little jealous. So I'm gonna give you free game. Um, not really jealous, but. <laughs> you want people to have a reason to subscribe to you in this market retail is kind of dead because whatever people are really into subscriptions and shit like twitch subscribers patreon subscribers and you look at the way software video games it's all leaning towards subscriptions and game passes and it's not really about buying physical retail things no more everything's about renting and whatnot so one of the best ways to incentivize patreon as i've seen is to have half your content basically be available to the public and then have the other half of it behind patreon and your next man's almost has me I'm, i swear very soon i'm gonna have to he has hundreds of videos i haven't seen and i know that i could binge watch that for four months and i could pay 25 dollars <laughs> for that shit and it's oh, man. done man and i'm gonna do it one day because i want all those videos i haven't seen because i love this guy's content so much so what you have is that ability right now because there's gonna be people bro, that so just much. want this mx experience bro i'd be fucking ins i'm like yo you're telling me you got like clips of you like seven years ago doing goofy shit you don't want people to see well then i want to see <laughs> no you, i don't want them bro i've unarchived most of my instagram <laughs> and my youtube because you can't like you can but imagine this you're trying to navigate these corporates that are social media savvy so they're going to look up so what do you think they're going to say if they see a bunch of bottles and a bunch of people it's not going to give off the right impression because you're trying to land the corporate job Facts. when you look edgy enough but not reckless <laughs> but if you get it they're not going to pay for your patreon i promise no 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 no, no. i've got the stuff Okay, no, what I'm saying is there's no way these people they're gonna see you have a patreon They're not gonna pay for your patreon So you just put it behind a paywall somewhere and then they only see it if they pay you right and that's where it gets see, good This is why this matters patreon is like the only fans of um, 
the only fans like uh for the creators yo it's hilarious his patreon came first and only fans is like the patreon of like porn <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, the other no, way no, around no. <laughs> <laughs> well i only know of only fans because remember i said the american influence so every second influencer in south africa these girls who are about this lifestyle only have only fans so yeah man i'm def- i definitely need to check out patreon i know one of my favorite influencers joe Biden. uh uses oh man it's huge i've been using patreon for a minute i can't say i'm popping but i can say a couple of people have been paying me for a minute and on a psychological level it's big but it taught me about the subscription market where it's more about your ability to create the next piece of content than it really is about being the best and i'm like hold up that's a game i can compete in i can improve over time for the rest of my fucking life bro i'm in exactly (laughs) well bro i think i belong there No, it makes sense. But then it's like while you're doing your streams, you just have a little link to your Patreon. But it's also like getting subscribers on Twitch. It's the same shit. So like, yeah. as you, imagine you had a thousand subscribers on Twitch right now. Who the fuck cares what corporations think? No, big facts, bro. Well, that's the plan. But that's, I mean, it could take five years. I'm not really sure how long it takes. I'm hoping it's not that long. But I think that's the future of all music. Like why would like you'll make more money as an artist than you will trying to sell shit isn't that like what we all learn through labels is that selling music's not it no it's not it It, it's too yeah bro like the cds are dead the it's streaming like we're in the era where we're trying to figure out how much a stream is worth like if you're not a popping huge artist with a million views can you live off that? What does it look like? What does it mean? So, yeah, man. We, yeah, I'm going to get on the platform, bro. I made notes of everything you said, yeah, by the way. That's incredible. So, yeah, I fucks with yeah, you, heavy, man. All right. <laughs> no, I'm super into it. Like, yo, if it can help, man, I'm going to share the knowledge. I think anybody that can benefit no, from it. I think that that's the future. It's why I don't focus at all on retail. I don't even have a merch store right now. If you really want to fuck with me, you can subscribe in some way. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't know, man. When I have the right monetization schemes, I'll drop them. The right ones. I don't really want corny ones. And I think a lot of things, everything I've thought of is corny. So I don't want to do any of them. And that's where I'm at. With no, that. bro. There's no such thing as a dumb idea. Any mm. idea could, you know. You have ideas that you feel in your soul are corny. Those are dumb ideas to pursue. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, if you don't believe in that shit, like, I, if I'm going to sell you something, I have to believe in it so much that I'm going to take your money. Or I'm mm. not going to do it. That's just holding. Yeah. No, bro. Uh, just on the, the merge thing and not having. Oh, so I, I did this in South Africa, bro. Like we sometimes very literal with like uh, branding and stuff. So if my name is AB, for example, I'm going to write to Giants AB that you see everywhere to say, it's me, AB. You know, like it's not very, um, hence why even my first project, it's like my face in your face. But I, I started moving, especially with the merch and just as an artist, started moving more into the ideas of what the actual music represents. And that's why I commissioned the, the painter to do the painting. But even just with that T behind me, um, it's not for mass consumption. It's like I want people to hold on to it as a collectible mm. that means something to them because it's literally the taxis in Durban that are only like this in the world that look like this. You know what I mean? Because all we get is Tupac graphic tees and things that don't resonate with the everyday people from But that's not corny at all. That's a fire idea. 
I don't have ideas like that about merch. I have ideas like that about a lot of things, but they don't come to me about merch like that. So when they do, I promise I'm gonna jump on them. <laughs> Man, we no, we need to talk, bro, because I can already Montreal, like, bro, you, yeah. Like, well, I also don't want to, cause yo, like, there's also like a bunch of people doing Montreal culture merch, right? Like, I don't want to just jump into the Montreal culture merch game all really nilly. I want to like have no, shit that's no, true yeah. to my soul, right? Like that's a thousand, a thousand percent. And I don't know what that means yet in terms of visual representations of merch. So I'm like, I got logos. I do not want to be the guy that just throws my logo on shit and sells it to me. That's not, no, that's no, not no, it. No. So I see yeah, that no. successful merch lines are based on lifestyle values. And it's really mm. bigger than that. You've done that here. Um, you know, shout out. Hash bro, you're really intelligent, man. I, I just got to tell you, bro. You're really Thank very you. intelligent. Bro. Like, it's important you know that as well. I read a lot of books and I try to talk to people and I'm really into like learning. I like, I geek on learning. Like if I can learn some shit, like I'll feel like my days in hand. So I, I downloaded an app and it was like a challenge, learn a thing a day. And I'm like, bitch, I'm gonna learn 10 things Beautiful. a day. And this is like, Beautiful. Ago. I'm not just, yo, you can like, you know, like how people act like you can't have an opinion on everything. I'm like, I don't think that's true. You just need to learn enough core systems and they translate into every topic. You don't have to, you just have to know what you don't know. Which you is have a to lot. Know what you don't know. Ooh, a wise man knows that he knows no better. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't know a lot of shit, but like, I can have speculative opinions that make people talk for days. Mm. <laughs> this guy's good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I oh, my word, bro. I'm really into this whole vibe. But yo, you're teaching me so much. Like, yo, in my mind, I take notes from all this shit. I listen to how people maneuver their stuff. I look at your art. I look at your presentation. Like, when you talk about your clothes thing, I see it in your music videos, right? It's not just like a random thing. I see how important that is. And I know that that shit's so important to so many people that it makes me recon you know like i see all these different elements that other people prioritize especially when you go down graphic design line so that makes you more of a visual person on that side of art and it's like yo okay i'm not that i'm on a whole other tip i'm a wordsmith with like copy i do wonders with copy and voice and audio you know so it's like you have to understand everybody's strengths and weaknesses as you maneuver through art so something like merch would be simpler for you in my opinion just on who you are and the environments you are in watching these marketing campaigns i know a lot about community growing initiatives which is a whole different ball mm. camp that's like psychology but not necessarily visual mm. Mm. I, I respect that and i feel that bro but like so yeah, anyway, let's go back to you stills. <laughs> um, so you're like in the 2015 era, tell us a bit about what it's like to pivot into being a solo artist and to run through it in that era. Yeah, I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I touched on it briefly, but, um, I, it fucked me up, bro, because I came from not, um, music was my love, right? So I'm able to maneuver and somehow form a family through music. So the, you could think of the disloyal and the betrayal I felt on, I thought we were committed to a vision, excuse the pun, because that's a project that came in 2017. But I thought we were moving towards a unified goal. And for you to kind of, we, whenever we're chilling hungry, conceptualizing these songs, because we took our projects as well. And we all on this tip of, we're going to do it and we visualize, but you have the intentions of you want it for yourself. It kind of almost destroys the person who's invested emotionally on uh, with the energy and love 
of creating the art. So it almost really destroyed me. And if I didn't have a, such a supportive, strong family, I probably would have moved away from music or done something stupid. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's coming from my dad. It's like, hey, you really went through it, man. Like that almost fucked you up. And I'm like, yeah, uh, but like, we'll get into that. So moving into a solo, it was quite scary, but it was also exciting because I was let down by the betrayal, but it, it, it added to the, um, the actual craft of the music itself because I was inspired to write about that because I thought how many more people could feel something by that. It, it gave me a strong polarizing way to uh, conceptualize my thoughts rather than, yeah, let's make a song about dancing and then... You know, like it's easier to want to dance if you want to dance. But now if it's like, now I get to say what I truly feel about something I believed in, it's, it comes off differently. <laughs> so basically, not having the group around allowed you to not have to worry about the impact of being in a group and saying what you want yes. to say. Yes, but for, for some strange reason, I... And I suppose this is why I always show so much love and respect because I feel, I feel that um, not, yes, it did allow that. So meaning I could play around with the types of lyrical ability, like flexing lyrically and emceeing because as a group, now we are brand with um, notable popularity and we're going to gigs and we move in a specific way. You kind of have to compromise on your individual um, perspective because you are part of a moving component and one, like the Power Rangers, you know, you all got an identity, <laughs> but you unified. <laughs> so, so I, I, it gave me, I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be a Power Ranger. I want to be this. So creatively it allowed me to do that. Um, but then it, it, it kind of took me, it's, it's a gift and a curse because as soon as I started doing what I like, all the reason people like the group, maybe I didn't possess all those attributes. So I have to start from the ground now trying to figure out what works for me and what's true to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a definitely a difficult process. I can imagine it's, it's gonna take some time and failure. That's the problem with it is there's a little bit of failure that happens in there. But uh, I'd say you're clearly doing it to this day so it worked, therefore it was all worth the effort. But like, so you're basically making what kind of content back then to support yourself? Because you were doing like more than just individual songs. It seemed like you were doing a whole bunch of stuff. Well, it's it's remember I have a day job at the at, at this time, so I am learning. What does a through the line campaign look like? How does it start from the idea to the actualization? So I was more in the advertising and marketing corporate headspace where I'm trying to be a multifaceted designer that caters for footwear down to apparel to pharmaceutical. So as much as I'm doing music, I'm sure you saw the freestyles when I had the, the big hair. It was kind of that time. Um, what, what actually, so I did that voiceover from one of the songs and another uh, big thing that actually happened over there is I was able to get my song on a, on a movie that got licensed. Um, and that was like my first time actually like getting money as a solo act outside of work. And it's like, oh yeah, here's a contract splits, that kind of thing. So 
the music was still developed from being in a group because you know well, i don't know if you know being in a group everyone has an idea but maybe they don't use all the ideas so what helped me being a writer and stuff is that i wrote down the ideas i had for me and i thought it through so when it came to trying to find the right producers and beat makers it was all like doable to create a unique sound that worked for me so essentially you leveraged the corporate marketing experience to create the ecosystem that you want that allowed you to find the right people like so are you like performing throughout this process of day jobbing or is it more of like a creative? no 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 i was more of a freestyles do a few radio interviews uh pushing emailing my songs it wasn't even like uh, performance-based. What was performance-based is I landed, and this is towards, because I was there for three years, um, I landed a campaign with a brand called Hansa Cider, and I got to travel the country, and I was able to MC and host these uh, invite-only sessions where we just drink the beverage and we call out some performers to come perform like on that corporate steez. So I was able to do that. Um, and I thought the, 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 the money was looking really good. And, but it, it kind of fell through, but it fell through after I res, res, put in my resignation. <laughs> so I, I quit my job because of internal politics or whatever to pursue my dream and chase my dream and be the man. And with that solo project, I linked up with another two homies and we did the first independent tour in South Africa where we got to travel South Africa and it was powered by Samro and uh, Concerts SA. So we went around the country traveling. So I came up with this elaborate plan on how I'm going to take my career and my solo self to the next level. Ironic, it involved other people, probably. <laughs> so. We came up with this initiative, I'm traveling, I'm doing this corporate stuff and I lose the contract or the contract never ever came. It was just um, a few gigs that would sustain me for like two months. Now I'm in the third month, I'm wondering why my emails and phone calls are not being returned. And it was more like, hey man, that shit is never happening. Like do whatever you're doing. So I, I got stuck in a crossroad after so I came up, left the group, became solo while I'm working. Music was picking up, the deals and stuff was coming through. And then it just took a U-turn after I put in my resignation because I, I felt like I was working like a slave, basically. <laughs> I was just like, nah, it's enough. Maybe I was jaded by I can do this myself and I overestimated what I'm capable of doing. And I got a slap by reality. But... I got into a position where it was like, okay, I have to do something. I have to figure this shit out. And literally nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. And what, what did MX do? He took a look in the mirror and I just said, I need a retreat. I need to run away from everything. <laughs> I'm like, run away to where is what my family asked. I'm like, I'm going to the ancestral home. I'm just going to chill for like eight months. I downloaded a lot of um, positive self-affirming videos, a lot of books, ancient stuff, uh, Infinite Waters on YouTube, As a Man Thinketh, all that good shit. I downloaded all that and I went there with the notepad and I uh, went there with my music. Because the smart thing I did do is when I got those checks, I was able to buy like 
equipment and mics and small things like that. And I was just like, I need some time to myself and try rebrand or re-strategize how I'm going to come back and what I want. So yeah, that was, when was that? That was 20, okay, yeah, from 2015. So 2016, 17, this happened. And 2016, I lost my best friend who I was in the group with, who kind of was my guy. And that fucked me up really bad. Like just the depression and the anxiety cause it was like, why am I even still doing a job? Why am I doing music? What does it actually mean? So man, yeah, long story short, it, I went through the worst of it, but then I was able to kind of come up with the plan on a rebuilding ideas I had about myself and how I wanted to come back. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it's almost like yeah. you created for yourself the environment that COVID created for the world a few years before COVID. Yes, 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 that's exactly it. That's crazy. But because that's... you need to imagine, yeah, you need to imagine like when I say the rural outskirts, it's like very humble, man. It's very, very humble. It's like uh, green, the sky is very blue, there's cows, there's fresh air, there's less cluster, there's less uh, franticness. It's away from the city. It's basically inland in the countryside. Um, so I just felt I needed that because my whole life, it was just like, try, 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 try. You burn out, try, try, try. When you burn out, you try even harder. You know what I mean? There was just kind of that pressure from the family, from my peers who were making it in the industry. And I just was like, you know what? I'm actually really hurt and I need time to me uh, to kind of ask myself, why am I doing what am I doing? Am I even in the right industry? You know, like when you ask yourself all those weird questions. <laughs> Hold on, yeah, those, but... are, those aren't weird questions. Yo, like I read a lot of books, right? I started with like more self-help shit, right? Cause I mean, like you just end up wanting to know how to be successful or be better and then you hear everybody reads the same shit so you start reading their shits and you realize nah like there's no way to be successful without visualizing a future as in like actually looking into the future of who you want to be and deciding some shit or another like you have to pick something in order to like actually do it but how else are you going to pick something if you're not actually scrutinizing your choices and looking into your soul and being like yo am i in the right shit as, does this make sense? What is it? Like, yo, I had a goofy version of this conversation about pivoting into OnlyFans where it's like I have to come to the conclusion <laughs> that might not yes. be the right choice for my long-term vision. It might be like a literal logistical reality I could create and I could be good at it, but is it really the right choice for my future? Those are the things where when you internalize, you come to see what you're actually okay with, what you want your brand to be, what you want to represent and shit like that. So I, I really think they're not goofy. I think they're just like things people don't do that they should. Yeah. No, bro. It's, it's, it's so hard, man. It's like, cause as you know, you, you don't fucking read one book and then you, ah, I am the master wizard King Kai. I've got to figure it out. It, it, it just reminds me like, um, I think David Goggins, like it, you, you basically always trying to build yourself and you have to take something that he calls the accountability mirror and you fucking stare into the soul of that and you need to ask yourself if you're happy 
or not. Because as soon as you don't like certain things, you need to be proactive and understand what you don't like and start asking more questions. Like sometimes we don't like to scrutinize ourselves and why we do what we do or certain thoughts are off bound or that might trigger me, but those are the actual things you need to move towards to help you actualize the person you need to become. So, hey bro, I, I had to look really hard and I, I haven't figured it out. I try to, I just try to make my music, the actual real music, not the freestyling. I just try to make it as vulnerable. I try to make it as vulnerable and as honest as I can because I know that someone out there could be in a township, it could be overseas. Someone's going to feel that and it's going to help them. Me telling them how, because nothing sucks more than when you've got a bunch of negative thoughts and not knowing how to get out of them. Yeah, I can feel that. That's a truthful thing. So I guess... Um you're doing all of this as time's passing on, you're making your music, so you're kind of just dibbling into art and becoming a solo entrepreneur person. So what do you do after uh, it gets a little complicated and you come out of your retreat? Well, well, the, 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 the retreats itself, bro, it's so weird, man. Like, it's like, I don't know, like the people I was around maybe either either really made it or they really failed in the sense that they look back, turn their love on music. So I was in this crossroad where it's like, how am I going to do this? And I literally visualized myself, okay, I'm a content creator. What does that mean? Or a producer? Or Because you have to look at what are your strengths and weaknesses throughout all these years. Have you just wasted your life? No, there's meaning. So I kind of told myself that, hey, I like clothes. I like creating content. I won't stop making music. I want to, I, I had to make an ethos or like a brand statement or a mission statement for my life. Ooh. And it's on, <laughs> it's on some, I want to um, black South African excellence. Like I want to stand for that. I want to empower that. I want to instill that. And I want to, you know, like if I shine, and I'm able to inspire others through what I do, everything I has has a specific touch, then that's fucking goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I was able to land a job at the biggest retailer in uh, South Africa as a digital designer. And I've been promoted now. I'm a video editor. So I actually shoot uh, with high-end equipment, cinematic equipment and stuff. So when it comes to... So I had to visualize all those things. I had to realize that, hey, when I was in college, I was trying to make music. When I was in school, I was trying to do music. So music will always be a part of me, but then I can't, I'm not the, one of those guys who are lucky to just do music and he saved the day through music. My yeah. mission is a bit more bigger than that, you know? Yeah, I hear you, my guy. I'm not exactly getting paid off of music, but I'm still making it. You could argue I could probably make a lot more money if I stopped making music. Um, but nah, nah, that's not it. I mean, I'm. Hey, I love that now, dog. It's confidence because you believe it. it. No, I know. I know one day the music thing gonna pay me. It's just when and how and whatever. And I know in the meantime, but also like, yo, look at famous people. People act like famous people are famous people on like their fucking talent alone. Take that band, uh, fucking Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy got famous when like the fucking bassist ended up on the TV show One Tree Hill right that's some shit people act like didn't happen back then but it was all over the place all since time like it's always been like 
you're more than just a musical artist if you're really trying to be in a certain tier of getting paid like who is just a rapper not many mm. everybody's more than a rapper they have a fashion line they have a this they have a that and they brand themselves this way but these things that they do outside of their music allow them to live life without life experiences how do you make music that grows over time like i think a lot of people get so caught up in the grind and i did this myself at a certain point so focused in the grind that i stopped living and if you're not living it's like man how do you get inspired how do you like hit these next levels of shit so then you start living again and you're like nah man perfection's overrated it's about being interesting you know like coming up with some shit that's what i like about twitch you can just fuck up on twitch and it's like yeah, Shit can, shit can be bad on twitch and people are gonna come back the next day like yeah that was just yesterday and i'm like wait a second bro i put like no effort into like overlays and shit as an experiment because everyone was like get your overlay game up i'm like okay i'll do that <laughs> i'm gonna keep this sh shitty overlays that i found and not try hard and see what happens and, you know it turns out twitch is just late they don't give a fuck about it, a lot of things i mean i'm certain there's a crowd of people that don't fuck with me because i'm not pretty and I'm fine with that. But, like, that's what it is. It kind of gives you that power to, like, just do what you want with it. And, like, yo, everything you do, people are just supportive of, even if you think it's weird or whatever. So it's, like, all these rules, I feel like, are just being rewritten and shit. But, yo, how did you end up getting into Twitch? Damn, you see, you caught me off guard. I'm falling in love with this overlay story and how letting go allows you to become, like I was really feeling that because it's like you flew it and you're not with it. And it's like, that's such a beautiful state to be in. And it's like, if only we could operate from that every day. But Twitch, as I said, bro, I, I was a weird, like I'm, I, I know I'm a geeky guy. So there's been moments, there's been moments where I'm in the hood, for example, or I'm with certain types of relatives. And I was actually telling someone this yesterday. They're telling me about this trap rapper who they kill people and all this weird shit, you know? And I'm just like, bro, you here with me. Why are you bringing these vibes? I'm not that. That song about that is kind of about that kind of ethos where I don't care what you label me. I can still look street, but I could also be book smart. You know what I mean? Like I love Common, I love Nas, I love that kind of thing. So how I got onto Twitch, I'm, I think over the years, just watching YouTube as a person who loves content, there's always like been these super chats and people always champion Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. So I created an account back then, probably out of curiosity, I think 20, 14 but i never used it until this year and i think this year it was sparked off by the guy i told you umaraza maraza because he is basically an a blueprint of what i want to be he because he has t television production background but he kind of puts his own studio and sonically and musically he's just thousand miles ahead of everyone and he's basically on my project committed to the vision which I took out in 2017. But I think watching him on Facebook and I'm like, oh shit, this is now, I'm out the slump, remember? I'm back, I've got the job. Now I'm trying to do, remember Black Creative Excellence and telling our stories our way. I'm on that tip and on that vibe. So I see this and I'm like, oh shit, he's killing it. He's not doing it now consistently. And I'm like, oh shit, this is genius. 
he is in control of his own thing. I'm nerdy, I know computers, I like recording, I like producing, I like creating content, I know how to shoot, I know how to color grade, I need to be here. Oh, and I like Xbox, I like games. I didn't play games too much, but I like games. So that's how I landed into Twitch. And then I realized, wait, Rolling Stones on here, complexes on here, alternative news on here. This Facts. is a decentralized. This is a decentralized version of YouTube where it's free. This is what YouTube used to be, but it way is. better. <laughs> well, you know what it is about way better. It's that um, YouTube is always in it. Well, old YouTube was way better because you could suck. I don't know how else to yeah. put it, but you didn't yeah. have to be like what it is now. Like, yo, this content, I put it on YouTube. And the problem with YouTube is, man, people are just so used to stock footages and mm. like a lot of trendy things. And all of your favorite YouTubers decided that they're going to go a trendy way for a minute, except for like the creme de la creme. So you have this small percentage of trendsetters who, and these are, we all follow the trendsetters. Those are the ones we all subscribe to. And then everybody yeah. else is a clone. So it's weird sorry what's the name crim crim de crim de la lim what i don't remember what i said You're right. I, oh i thought it was uh, i thought it was someone on youtube <laughs> i thought it was crim de, crim uh, de la lim i don't creme de la creme i don't know if i said that uh fuck <laughs> i don't remember what i said sometimes i get like caught up in that shit and i just like it's just gone in my memories until like later but still like basically the best of the best people out there like the top ones i think i was just saying that oh yeah i did say that yes. yeah so creme de la creme it said it shittily it's cream of the cream it's like the best of the best it's a french expression uh, so i just dropped yes. in a french expression with a shitty english accent and i didn't remember that i said it because to me it was just like i thought it was a youtuber <laughs> nah so i was saying like the best of the best right so like you have your top tier talent right the like the best guy who does commentary videos or tea videos or gaming videos and this is a really small percentage of people and then there's like everyone else that's economized following these trends so that they can algorithm hop because yo like i made 25 dollars off of 8,000 views off of some random shit so if you know how to play mm. the random shit game and you can do it well enough there is cash flow in that but it makes your content super derivative and like mm. authenticity isn't rewarded algorithmically so because youtube mm. is so fucking algorithmic like it's weird but twitch's entire growth strategy is more like a multi-level marketing scam where it's more related to how much effort you put into seducing people to come in it's mad finite twitch is not gonna last forever whoever comes in now is better than the guy who comes in six months from now and it's gonna be like that till it's being a gaming twitch streamer in 2021 you know but we're not there with music yet music's in a good place for like the people who've already got their shit going on you know same thing with interviews Big facts, so i'm doing both i'm doing the live music and i'm doing the fucking interview shit because i think both those spheres are about to grow and then get shitty but by then i'm a partner so i might you know like that's how i look at that hey, shit. that's the partner goal how long have you been streaming bro uh since november late october november like consistently um and i don't know how to measure the success of this or not um i don't know I think it's been fun because the value to me isn't really growth in the way that you would go for it. I haven't tried to do goals to grow. I'm not the, a half-ass put up a goal thing. Um, I'm more fascinated by the local opportunities this gives me. Like I have the opportunity to look, uh, interview politicians in the Montreal election, little ones, the ones that nobody's ever going to talk to. And I'm like, hold on. 
that's mm. you know what i mean like so i mean i appreciate the fact that people follow and subscribe and that there are people that tune in pretty fucking regularly and enough people that my heart is blessed to the rest of, if i never get more i want more but if i never get more it's like <laughs> y'all like i totally like feel like this is already bigger than i thought it would get like back in like when i started times people kind of laughed and shit times it's like yo nobody laughs no more people give respect mm. people say shit like well it's good to see that you stuck with it and now it's going props to you yeah, shut the fuck up you know that's what i feel in my soul <laughs> yeah, some of these bro, fuck so it's like we've reached that point and i'm like wow i don't even care what you can't take that from me no more we've reached that point that you can't take that from me no more point and it's fucking amazing and no, Brian. Big props to you because I know Ismail shared with me that you were predominantly on YouTube prior, right? Like doing yeah. exactly what you're doing on Big there. Big mistake. So imagine I've been well, on Twitch like, for four years. Oh my god, it'd be well, well, well. Think of it like this: you don't you put in the experience, so now you're on Twitch, and your trajectory is a lot more different with that knowledge and experience, mm. like we were saying earlier on. That's and true. You connect you, the voiceovers. You did the book, all that shit. It's not a real book. It's just I, I happened yeah. to be a book in a doc file. It's more like a series of articles. Bro, take the credit, bro. <laughs> I'm real specific with the shits, but now nah, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you in a yeah. sense. But man, I should have started Twitch a good year or two earlier than I did. Can you hear that? A little bit, yeah. I can kind of. Sorry, it's. I think it's a subscription. Oh, it's mad <laughs> Thank cool. you. Shout Thank out so person who subscribed on your side. <laughs> but, oh, it's a follow, follow. My bad. Thanks. Thank you, yo. Thank you, Bonnie. Appreciate yeah, shout that. Shout out Bonnie for the follow. She said that's me. That's dope. I don't yeah. have any cool follow things. I have a bullshit stock default everything. I didn't try at all. Honestly, I have a theory where um back to like promotion versus marketing. So like people put a lot into promo and they look at like graphical integrity as a promotional move more than an artistic move, right? Mm. Uh, and and so like it's important to have an overlay. And I'm like, why? What does that mean to you? You gotta have one. Gotta look nice. I'm like, why? Why does it have to look nice? Answer riddle me that. How many people with bad setups have you watched in your life? A lot. But mine's gotta look nice. I'm like, why? You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that question. So I basically tried really hard to, okay, like there's symmetry and shit, like certain graphical design principles that you want to kind of try to follow. I accept, but like, man, I want my shit to look so low budget that you don't think I'm rich. Mm. That's mm. really important to me because I'm not rich. I think sometimes people think I'm doing better than I am. And that's a bit of a blessing and a curse right it's cool that people think yes. that but you're like no i'm not if i could afford shit i would mm. you know like but like i'm with you but i i i would like to um pose a question to you that you could hopefully give me your honest like uh yeah, for opinion sure. do you think the mona lisa the picture of mona lisa do you think she's the most beautiful woman in the world fuck no exactly but she's interesting so, to look at well so is every person Facts. Uh, so or whatever but what i'm trying to allude or get to when you're asking why does it need to be a specific way if you have the knowledge and the will to do so to be exposed to that information um i mean there's no right or wrong which is why like maybe a tiktok will work or fine or whatever 
but it's kind of figuring out what works for you. I'm trying to say that sometimes infrastructure and symmetry and these principles are a necessary evil if you have the understanding because if there's no principles there's no hierarchy in terms well, of visual communication so i totally hear you enough to say i didn't get purple lights randomly <laughs> <laughs> but um i also think that it's a crutch that a lot of people use mm. at the cost of content and i say that because you're like mad into the art and shit like you made sure that painting was there on some specific reason shits whereas i wouldn't have thought of that you have deliberateness with this type of thing out of a passion for it and for people who are like that i don't think it's the same thing that's like this mm. is your visual brand and yo to be fair i visually want to represent a certain style i deliberately go anti-fashion and things like that it's choices mm. you know like right so in a sense it's more of a political stance it's punk it's the most punk i can mm. do with my shit. so i do agree with you mm. and i tried hard enough to make it look good enough to be good enough but good enough is the threshold i want you know like it's a weird aesthetic mm. i'm playing with visually why because like i want people to see that there are other options and yo because not everyone's ever going to be able to afford it this that and it's the toolbox power toolbox paradox where people believe they need xyz thing um in order to achieve a level of success and when you get those things you're going to be able to do it and nine times out of ten you had the tools you needed to achieve the success already but you chose not to move forward with it and I rebranded that to think like a 17 year old because they broke and you're not. Mm, I, I I love that. Yeah, but it's for real. Like, how is a 17 year olds be making musics and fucking bumping up on shit with bullshit and they're doing it? Well, you see, that's what I would. You, you can't rationalize every single thing because as the individual that's experienced remember that we've experienced life in a specific way like we're going to go into astrology and numerology now but you it goes back to that believing if everything is meant for you it's it's basically do you believe in purpose karma or it's like what is informing your perspective to what you are getting because who knows what the next person's and this is why i stopped because being bitter or being angry or holding on to feelings of resentment uh, during that retreat, it was one of the epiphanies. I wish I had a cool story and said I met a monk. I wish, but it was just more like, what does it mean? It means nothing. Um, everything is is based on the focus you give it because maybe that kid who's 17 years old has been doing it since he was five. But we don't know. No, they have a lot, a lot of ways. I started talking to 17 year olds. What I mean though is when you talk, and even in your story at 17, you were doing shit that we can think like a 17 year old about, right? Like you go back to that yeah. era, tape recorders, boom, 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 thinking like a 17 year old. What that means to me is as we get older, we add limitations, barriers, quality mm. thresholds, and 17 year olds don't have that because they don't give a fuck. Maybe they don't know better. Maybe they just don't, they can't, but they often will mm. pursue regardless of the lack mm. of tools and then somehow be intuitive enough to like create a beat on an ipad that sounds as good as you using a DAW type thing or whatever program people use and mm. so like you start seeing these mad crazy innovations coming from people who lack the fiscals but are forced to rely on creativity so it's like i realize you i need young people around me like crazy if i ever want to uh 
because they're no a thousand percent a thousand percent because they have the 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 as you're saying that creative and not even creative man um because everyone has energy yeah. man. there's think of think of Salvador Dali like we don't know these people but till today there's this guy I absolutely love is a contemporary artist from China um Wen Wen Chi I believe and he's a political uh, activist through his art but there's no limitations to the creativity so I don't want to cripple it by saying you need the young but there is a certain innocence that youth presents to you that allows yeah. you to not overthink shit but I would actually argue if we go back to classical art masters and shit they often surrounded themselves with young people all the time and you could argue in some cases jack young people shit throughout history and time since time because yo it's like a dynamic thing mentorship used to be like mad common and one of the blessings of my life is I got to accidentally mentor a dude seven years younger than me right mm -hmm. that teaches you what the fuck you used to be like is all i can tell you you're basically constantly mm. facing yourself from the last era forever <laughs> keeps you fucking no. but and then if you go I younger agree. we found like 20 year olds man these 17 year olds are teaching me about how to like or 20 year olds more than 17 year olds are teaching me about how to use instagram and shit in different ways like bro why are you overthinking it just do it and I'm like, oh, you're right. Why am I worrying about if my angles are good? And then I just started trying. Mm -hmm. But then you know what happens when you start trying? You get a little what? bit better at angles. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, yeah, your sure. selfie game gets a little better. You get a little, oh, yeah, the camera's there. I have to remember to look that part, you know, shit like that. Why? Because mm -hmm. you went from, like, being afraid of the shit to, like, doing it by accident. And now you're more like a 17-year-old because you're just doing shit and you're not worrying. Mm -hmm. No, bro, and and I absolutely love this tangent we're on, but I, I, I agree because when I look at, uh, objectively speaking, the threshold of productivity of releasing product music at the time, it's so much more higher at a young age. Now I've got a ton of music I, will, I haven't released because it's not mixed well. Oh, I hate the way I said that. I am so hypercritical to what it is but back then i didn't give a fuck it, and it worked you know what i mean <laughs> so i mean there's a powerful lesson in that in not overthinking and allowing things to be spontaneous and easy but i, I mean agree. like i heard you do a whole bunch of off the domes the other day i can't say i've been peeping your twitch i just somehow i wasn't like following you for this whole time my bad but when i did watch oh, it it was like mad blessed man you just integrated all these freestyles and these energies and you were just rolling with it and i'm like bro I don't think you have to stress. I bet your bad shit's amazing. Hey, bro, I'm just so hypocritical. But it's 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 that, uh, which is why probably I'm happy that I've got that in the arsenal, that unscripted thoughts type of segment where it's like I'm supposed to not think of it and judge it too much because have you ever felt how liberated you feel when you just let go and you just be? So, I don't know, man. Hopefully, it grows into something. No, but you also have to just think about it. Like, how are people listening to music right now? Because we, we as artists tend to go down this path a lot of, like, looking for this perfection shit. Yo, how many people do you really think have good headphones? Not many. How many people do you really think are going to actually be in the club being cognizant of the shit you're caring about? No, they're drunk. So already it's pointless then. It just has to sound good in the, in the environment. It doesn't, you know, like, so we start getting into it and you realize, first of all, Spotify compresses whatever the fuck you did. YouTube compresses whatever the fuck you did. 
all of them do. When it says processing, when you upload your shit, that means we just fucked up your mixing, my guy. So it's like we do all this shit, and then, yo, I just started doing bullshit mixes, and yo, Spotify made it sound a little better. I'm not gonna lie. So it's like they <laughs> they're already kind of making us sound better, just because they want mm. you to feel incentivized to not try as hard and to put out more content faster and shit. And then, so at the end of the day, how does this play out? Motherfucker on an iPhone 6 with a shitty speaker playing it with his boys in the bus stop. It all sounds no, like ass, you know what I mean? No, I, I, I completely agree with you. And even like with hip hop, like there's this trend, well, there was this trend of overly distorted 808s, for instance, that literally peak because it's meant to be digested like that. But we should... And this is where things could go wrong. Uh, yes, you figure out stuff through caring less uh, because you're getting to it, but it, it mustn't get to a dangerous place where you lack the craftsmanships mm. because there's still an art to it. It's I hear meaning what you're that, saying. Yeah, there's, it's, it's not any Mickey Mouse. We still, like with age comes wisdom. And if you don't apply it, you, back to the thing of, we can't challenge the youth because that's them. So with your informed experience, yeah, like Yo, how do I got, you... I got one answer to this whole thing. Let's go back to the yeah. legends of time because we don't even have to answer this for ourselves. There's one thing that the internet didn't capture that we all didn't get when we did our studying, and that's the amount of shitty mixtape verses that all of our favorite yes. rappers have. Thanks, thanks. I'm talking thanks. like if you ever copped one of these old school... Yo, bro, it could be the shittiest radio recorded to this cut and that was a mixtape version so while they had the we'll call it studio quality tier of commercial album music they also had a high influx of bullshit quality music available for all of these random djs in their places so like as i talked to people from new york in a similar fashion or from new jersey and places they would frequently talk about how they would go to the local mixtape guy week over week and consume music in high frequency to find out whose albums were worth buying so in a sense what i think we've done is we've focused so much on the albums here that we forgot that there's this whole other low quality grind we're also supposed to be pursuing in some way so it's not to say it at the cost of one it's that we can't forget about the other one so i have studio projects we'll call them that are in the works but that shit takes forever gotta deal with the this and the that's and the people so i started doing these off the door mixtapes they're bullshit in my opinion as far as that's studio dope. quality goes but that it's like to me just segments of my career by doing them all i have studio albums i have this i've done this i've done that but like if i can have 500 songs out i guarantee you everybody's gonna start finding things they like in that a lot more than if I don't have 500 things. And people like will go, well, hold it. Nobody has attention spans. I'm like, then why the fuck are people like Papoosh dropping albums like they doing? Why are independent rappers doubling down on releasing more music independently? Like that seems to be like the move if you're going corporate with this is to put out as much music as possible. It's not 2015 no more. Mm. No, big facts, big facts. So I'm just, I don't know. So it's like, yeah, I agree. There has to be that tier of like nice quality shit. But you also kind of, I'm calling it the middle class tier of rap. Like if you look at a society, mm. if the middle class is dying, I think it's also dying in music. Like, yo, how, mm. how do we even sustain the really popular artist if nobody's making middle class music? 
how do you bridge that gap between rich people and poor people it's what the middle class is supposed to be you know like it's weird it's just like you have to like care about macroeconomics and shit which is not maybe a popular topic but like it kind of correlates into systemically why there's a lot of problems in a lot of scenes it's that there's not many people trying to just do low budget shit in great frequency so that there is a way that you could attract some fans that give a shit regular like i go live like all the time okay like that should be ludicrous no and yet i'm more popular than when i wasn't doing that so no that that's you, you see and this is the beauty of our conversation is that we the information like that's a, a, an insight right there because you're absolutely right why are we all trying to attain this opulence perfection that is not attainable you know what i mean like why are we trying to sound like we in multi-million brand dollars studios when you can utilize the technology within the comfort of your own space and releasing more because through doing you actually get more better so that's actually a very valid point but it's not and it's to not even dismiss it i'm saying you also do what you're doing like while i was making these mixtapes i had to re-record the vocals on my studio shit because man's was like you sound high and tired and with a dry mouth and i'm like fuck that is the most specific go fucking re-record your shit criticism i ever got in my life <laughs> who, who said that <laughs> the guy i wanted to feature on the project so he did his verses yeah. and so if that guy's saying that to me it's like okay i can do better so i did and it's worth it yeah. but that's like a certain tier where like yo it has to sound a certain way because we're aiming for a certain market blah 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 my mixtape shit is if you want to listen to me rap about fucking boring shit or interesting whatever you feel it's super montreal like i have a song called buy montreal beats and a song called steal montreal beats right like i'm really into this like <laughs> i redid my spotify thing so if you're on a computer it says steal montreal beats on a bunch of my social media platforms in the way that you're pushing your mantra for me it's like yo montreal got something to say like english montreal we're not montreal we're montreal it's a very different thing so i want to like push that culture everywhere that's why i wear this hat it says montreal on it it was like the only montreal shit i had when i started it says montreal's finest and it's got a cat if you get the cat that cat um uh and yeah so it's like this whole like vibe of trying to like build around a montreal b marketing like just me so you nobody else can write this shit it is just like yo we had a conversation about pickles I wrote the thong off the dome date completely. I don't like pickle chips. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know, man. It just it's natural shit. It's just whatever comes to my mind in the moment. And I know that I probably am not gonna put any marketing budget into this because fuck that shit. It's all like if it works, it works. If you like a song, listen to it. I'm gonna have so many songs by the end of the year on this project though, that at the very least, I think I can be able to say I released more music than most people in my city. And I think that sentence is going to be worth something. Mm. No, that's a that's a big, like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work type of mantra. Um, it's I'm going back into that thing I was saying. It's like how do you measure? What is your metric for what you deem as being successful? Added, and as long as if you know what your ingredients and how you're measuring it, and you know what to attain and what quality and how, then the sky is ultimately the limit for you because you up against yourself, which is the way to go. Because seeking 
others or comparing to others, you end up going into this limbo state where it's just an infinite, um, you'll never be what they are or they'll never be what you are. Yo, but it's also like, I'm really bad at that shit, bro. I could never fake being something like trend hopping and shit, bro. I'm just, it doesn't work. I'm like that weirdo guy when I tried it. So it wasn't even (laughs) like I could like fake I can't fake it well enough. I had no choice. This is it. This is my only power. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not condoning or <laughs> nah, promoting. I'm just like putting it like that. Like, so it's like I hear yeah. you. But... No, 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 no. I'm saying for you to even do music like you asked me, you have um, to have influences. That's true. How do, they influence, how do they influence you? Because now we're not going to go so alternative or abstract where you're not even... There's a reason maybe you like... Well, there's technique you know and shit, I mean? right? So there's a exactly. technique side to it, but that's whatever. A lot of people can technique, but artistry is different. Artist is like, I have a message in my soul and it has to get communicated. That's the part where I feel the content. The technique is just go look at what you like and figure out what you like about it and emulate it. And my best advice yeah. is stop asking people what they think. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I have people I ask what they think people individuals that i really give a fuck about their opinion about particular things but like my best friend is a comic book making guy who likes glossy pop rap that's dope but he likes glossy pop rap that's what he's expressed through his interest to me so when he gives me advice about my music i'm like cool you're not even bumping my shit you're just looking for what you want out of it his feedback is effectively useless to my success He's not my fan and I don't want him to just become my fan because I conform to him. Instead, it's Mm. like I should probably be out there trying to be unapologetically myself with my content. Stylistically, bro, it's math. (laughs) Like, whatever. I'll just fucking rap how I feel like it needs to sound on that shit. And a hundred songs later, it'll be better than today, I promise. But like... Big, big facts, big facts. And like Big facts. content, I read a lot of books and shit. I'm pretty sure I can just fucking keep rapping about whatever random shit. So I stopped caring. Like, yo, I've done concepts. I've done shit that's nifty. I've done albums. I've done all of this. And you know what? It's not as fun as rapping about pickle chips and fucking and whatever just pops into my head in that moment. And it's not like <laughs> off brand, though. It's always me. You probably couldn't write this shit because I'm not writing it. Mm just off the dome in the whole thing and it's mad fun to the point where it's like i don't want to write right now i just want to do this for a while and then i'll go write later on when i feel more like i want to write again <clears throat> no exactly it's understanding what works for you but beyond understanding what works for you it's what's true to you because if pickled mushrooms for instance are my thing and i've got a emotional um attachment to it and it means something to who i am then yes there is going to be deep value in it i think the 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 really great artists use what um interests them and what's actually really who they are to kind of as i said be an alchemist with what they do because nothing beats writing something that's true it no one says what kind of truth it has to be it just needs to be true and honest and if you're supposed to be authentic to yourself i do think that every artist i've ever i the ones that i've admired have always represented somebody bigger than themselves it's always been like leader of movement rebellion type shit or like even a lot of the greats in history even the beatles are counterculture i know it's weird but they're sort of counterculture in their way that they approached music and stuff until they weren't um 
but like a lot of that stuff has always inspired me too so it's like so who do i represent was a big question i actually had the opportunity to have a coaching session with a guy with nine figures and that's a kind of weird yeah. privilege in life that's right? crazy that's crazy and so i was telling him about all of my ideas and he's like it's super great dude and then and he basically politely said i could steal every idea you've given me give me something <laughs> i can't steal was what he basically what is unapologetic what is you and it took me i haven't even fully answered it but it, it i haven't been able to go back to him that question was so big. That's the that's the million dollar question. What can you do in life that nobody else can do? Skill no longer matters here because everybody can learn the skills you've learned, right? Like, and it changed a lot for me in deep ethereal ways because, like, fuck, man, everything I can do, you can copy. That's weird, right? When you realize that, so now you have to like start approaching it in like the fucking newest ways possible. How do you innovate? And how do you? So then I realized that this just translates into what can you do? That's and this is what Amazon did. This is what fucking Tesla did, and everybody. What can you do that's harder than everybody else is doing for longer? If you can do things for a ver that are very hard for a very long period of time, nobody's gonna really do that because they don't want to put that effort in that's what my big conclusion that's how to become excellent no a thousand percent bro like i can't add to that i can just say that um it's very inspired by the conversation bro and i hope to emulate that and you know like this conversation was just based on that like we already tapped in and it's already in the process like of evolving the way we think about how we approach content and what the future holds and musical ideas. So man, I'm super excited for this. I'm super excited to stay here. I'm gonna drop more fire. Like, bro, I, I'm not here, bro, like to play. I, there's one thing that even I admire about myself is the persistence and belief in knowing that it's going to always get better. So I kind of treat my whole trajectory, creative excellence type of mantra oh, yeah. thing. Ismail, Ismail literally brought it back. A question I was supposed to ask before and I forgot because I said the time wasn't right, but it was a good question. And if I was, what was it? any good documentaries about the Zulu that are not like shit, as in you would like co-sign that. Well, Shala Zulu's, um, the the one done by the ACBC was quite phenomenal. Uh, it's 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 the most almost accurate description that we kind of grew up on. I, I, I'll send. Did Isma ask that? I'll I'll pop that to Isma. Hopefully YouTube has got it up. I'm pretty Hopefully sure it was somebody else that asked it though. Stills. I don't know if they're still with us because they asked it like two hours just, ago. Just, 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 <laughs> yeah, bro. How long have we been going? Well, we uh we have definitely passed three hours, my friend. Nah, bro. I think, I think, man. Three gosh, hours. bro. This is just. Nah, this is crazy, bro. Like. And you said to yeah. me, "How long is it gonna be?" You book four hours, and I'm like, "Yo, you don't understand. None of y'all ever understand what it's gonna be." But, yo, just like just yesterday, this dude comes over. He told me flat out, "I refuse to let this interview be three hours, right?" And at two, <laughs> at two hours forty. He's talking about how he was telling me that before I had it. He's like, you're good at this. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I can no, do. No, dog, you're phenomenal at this, bro. You're really Well, phenomenal. I'm just naturally curious. This is like, 
kid because people don't get that this isn't to me about trying to grow content this is about walking into corporate environments and being able to say i know shit because so part of a slide on a presentation i made at work was i've talked to 109 creative professionals now it's 112 or 11 since then or whatever it's right so that number goes up so this shit actually kind of adds credence to my ability to charge corporate fuckers i want to robin hood the shit i want to go charge corporate people a lot of money and bring that shit back to the hood you see that's the mentality remember i told you that james bond espionage thing yeah it's exactly what it is it's 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 yeah man a thousand percent everything Uh, here just on the (laughs) like all my whole life is that bro and i absolutely loved what you said about uh i even notes it down this is how you know i didn't it's so flattering yo it's flattering as fuck man as well, you spoke to you spoke to over a hundred dope creators. You bound to know a few things besides you even being. Yeah, a but the fact that you recognize that a- shit, that you treat it like that, man, that's humilities and shit. You know, a lot of people isn't like that, so I have to recognize things that I admire in people. Uh, knowledge, knowledge can self knowledge can really change your life. From where I'm from, <laughs> oh, I know it's the same everywhere. I love that you said authenticity is not rewarded by the algorithm when you're referring to the YouTube platform because it's like what I've been thinking for like long, and why the Twitch wave. Like I know it's not related, but like just that train of thoughts and where it's going to go. Yo, man, if I look at my social blade, it said my social blade told me in five years I'll have fifty thousand followers. Mm-hmm. The, how soul crushing is that five years to get 50,000 no 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 like you guys might go wow 50 no dude you need like at least a hundo to monetize here so if in five years I only hit 50 that means I'm trash according to social blade and I'm like but people keep watching and telling me I'm not trash so what's up with that right oh the algorithm hates me it does algorithmically i am garbage content because there's not a lot of people who do album reviews like i do which is why i don't do them it's like there's no community in what i do so it's like me trying to fight youtube and nobody fucking wants to come on twitch for it either i tried it wasn't like people were jumping on that shit so it's like i don't want to make content that nobody wants to watch until like you at a certain point of fame you can do what the fuck you want and people will watch it and then i'll do it again mm. but at this point it's like these interview shit's weird people really it looks not weird people really like it mm-hmm. but like yeah. and i don't have to be like positive all the time so i like it more too i can be more authentic yeah. you can't be mean in album reviews bro you have to love everything because mm-hmm. the only people watching an album review are people that like that shit. so it's like it's just well sh- that that nerdy fantano guy is quite um What's his name? Nerdy Fan- Anthony Fantano, but I like that you called him that. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. We, we, yeah, he's algorithms. nerdy, so it's funny. But that he, you he... Him that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually admire. You know who my favorite fucking music analyst in the world is? Nardwa. Nardwa is the greatest of all time. He's goat. You Shut remember up. what I told you that? You remember what I told you that I am geeky? That's what I mean. Yeah, but I love the fact is that like he's unique. Goat. He's the guy. And why both those guys are interesting is because both those guys did shit no one else was doing. But everybody after Anthony Fantano is either trying to become Anthony Fantano or they're trying to become... Yo, honestly, there's a lot of racism in album reviewing right now. I'm going to be honest with you if we talk hip-hop. 
here's what's up no but there's 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 a lot of it just in general no but <laughs> i saw this thing in the album review world where i had to like be like what's going on here and it puts me in a bad position because it means i can't really succeed in this climate and i'm being real with you it has to do with the fact that these white dudes who spit like eminem make eminem sound like they go to eminem but they're all the ones with all the subscribers and shit so what they do and you may not catch this is they shame people who don't adhere to middle class normative values if you think about that statement, it's the normative values, meaning the culturally accepted things of the middle class. Not all the classes, but the middle class. That's that shit that people call common sense. Just so you guys think about that a little bit. So this common sense shit comes around. So And you see it a lot because they're all middle class white dudes when you really break down their fucking lives and their value <laughs> systems, right? That's all they are. But they're a culture of people that work together. But they all rap the same. They're hops and clones. They do this type of shit. And what they end up doing is because people who promote other kinds of hip hop don't get the kinds of numbers over a period of years, these guys have been able to shape a whole YouTube algorithm into making Eminem the shit again. And it's so weird to watch it play out until you start watching people dissect Eminem lyrics versus say like fucking Scarface. Royce the five nine, no Scarface. No, but if you take Scarface as a better example, because he's Southern hip hop on a very different tip, where you're not gonna get the tricky shit, you're gonna get a different like set of he's aight, but and then kind of almost judging him for his life. Whereas with Eminem, they're like, yo, bro, did you see how he split at the two third of the fifths? Fuck, and I'm like. I mean, yeah, I, I personally <laughs> geek on that shit. But like, yeah. when you realize it, is that like better when, and especially when Canadians do it and don't act like our literacy rates aren't better than other places in the world, right? That literacy rates don't impact things like your ability to write a certain way. So it's like people don't bring up these things when they judge cultures that are coming from places that are maybe not as literate as theirs. And so you realize there's a lot of subtle racism in this entire genre. And it's like, fuck me, eh? I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. S since you know that I'm uh, such a fucking lover of Eminem and his work. This isn't about said, him, though. It's about the YouTubers. No, 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 no. A thousand percent. I'm going to intertwine it to that. It's uh, let's do the math. If I was black, I would have sold half. I didn't have to graduate from Lincoln High School to know that. When he told me that and I was in grade seven, I immediately understood that, hey, this is not only does he understand the, 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 the world he's in, it's always going to be an uphill battle. It's not a good way to think of the world. It's just kind of the way it is. Here's a classic example. His best friend is Royce the Five Nine. They have an album called Bad Meets Evil. Yeah. Technically and all that stuff. He keeps up with them, but then he won't maybe see the same success. So to your point of it's a subgenre and algorithms and there's a conspiracy, it's absolute facts because you just have you to like, but you just have to watch the people who get six figures, which if you're not getting six figures, you inevitably shut the fuck up and go do the analysis, right? You want to know who the best is when you're failing. And then you realize I can't create this content on ethics. There were ethical because I can't promote Tom McDonald. I think he's trash. I really, <laughs> I really think there's a lot of things I've fallen in love with within the hip hop culture that like you kind of have to understand why people sell crack to understand why they mm. rap about selling crack. Like if you don't understand why they, oh, it's not the gangster. Yo, I've seen like these middle class people make these fucking songs where it's like. 
I don't live like those riff raps. You can come to me. I'll make a better rap. Give me dollars, middle class. I'm like you. Fuck those other guys. And then you realize this is like a gentrification of hip hop. Mm. And it's mm. weird. A thousand percent. And that's mind boggling, bruh. I feel that shit, bro. I really, really do. I, oh, bruh. I mean, I try hard to not be that. That's all I can do is to just not not be that as much as I can not be that. I mean, it's not like always I'm going to go talk about it. I usually save this shit for the past three-hour point. <laughs> no, 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 no. But what's cool is that you're cognizant of it. The the, the worst kind of type of uh, humanity um, crime is the one that you're oblivious to. So the, for the fact that you are cognizant and you're aware of such and you... Um, you do something about it. You stand behind a specific type of ethics. That's more than enough. And that will transcend just doing something to conform and fit in. Yeah, I think know? so. So, But like also, yeah, I'm definitely. not trying to be a millionaire. That's not my goal. Like being, yo, a certain level of fame sounds terrible because like then you can't fuck up and it sounds awful. I want to be like making enough money that I'm comfortable by my standards and I know what they are. And then like be creating an ecosystem where all the people around me can make their own money and we all good and like there's certain goals i have that are like that but like at the end of the day it's like yo i don't want to be like famous famous dude that shit freaks me out when i realize yo what happens what happens when you can't walk up the street and like you can't you can't jaywalk because a motherfucker might take a picture you know like (laughs) I'm, i'm being like exaggerating but then you look at the shit in China and you're like, yo, five years, that could be Canada. It's not impossible. Let's not be fucking dumb about this. <clears throat> yeah. No, a thousand percent, bro. I'm like, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm more a little bit of a skeptical person sometimes. But it's like, I don't know, man. Being out there, you know, that's what I liked about your shit. Even just watching you freestyle, even just watching you then put on for your, 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 cause that was another cool thing that you do on your stream was you put on for your peoples. Yeah, but it's it, it it's just like, bro, it's kind of like, um, what's that syndrome? No, it's like survivor's remorse, bro. It's like you, you're so thankful and on it, but then it's like you're not there like that, but now you have to be the voice of it or shed light to it. But, you know, it's like it is what it is. I just try to keep the pen as honest as I can. I'm not perfect. Uh, I try to figure it out day no. by day. And... Yeah, I mean, you just you play other people's music on your stream. You do like a lot. Oh, of Oh, you saw stuff. that. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's not really a measure like in my fucking community and like industry or whatever. It's such a fucking dog eats dog. Always will backstab each other. And it's like, bro, if we all about the arts, you shining shouldn't affect my shine because we are all meant to shine because we're all gifted with a gift. So it's so pointless trying to suppress or not bring light. I think when you empower others and you let others know, it actually, not that you're doing it so it adds shine to you, but it shows that Ubuntu. It shows Ubuntu. That's big facts. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I started doing it because I knew it would bring shine to me. But then I started doing it, kept doing it because I was like, this is a cooler way to live. And I'm pretty happy actually showing love to other people. It was like a happier way to live. But yeah, all the books kind of said, give love to other people and you look like selfish and people don't like selfish people. And so like, it's, it's so like basic, right? Like, you know, just pay, you know, like if you want to have a better success rate with the, with the romantic partners it's like listen to them 
That's it. Just listen more. Shh. Listen. Ask more questions in a sincere capacity. It's like shit like that works so fucking well. And it sounds so basic, but like everyone tries to package it in these weird convoluted. Nah, it's just, just be curious. That's my whole strategy for these interviews. Be curious. Be curious. I don't know. I don't script this. None of this was scripted. I have no fucking idea what I'm getting into anytime. Sometimes <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes it's not. But I think it makes more, it makes it like better. I've tried to like prep with people, and those were the worst interviews of the entire thing. They were awkward as fuck, even if they were long. So I like it better when I don't know what I'm getting into. I listen to some music, you know, my, I do a little journalistic integrities, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. But nah, then you get these conversations where it's like, this is this is what real people do. And that's what podcasting is supposed to be about. Like, it's more humanistic than celebrity in, in nature of it. And I think that's why talk radio is so successful, too. It's why TikTok works. People like TikTok because you mm. can be TikTok famous with no talent. It, it is what it is. Mm. You don't even have to look good to be fixed. You're just random. Like, TikTok decides <laughs> you're it. And now you're it. And then you run it. And if you're good at running it, you're good at running it. And that's what it is. So I think with like podcasting and talk and shit like that, people can kind of picture themselves having that conversation with you. And that's what makes mm -hmm. it. And so that's why we try to do it like this. Whoever this is, they know who the fuck MX is as a human a little bit more than they did beforehand. Oh man, I appreciate this so much, man. Like, as I told you, bro, it's, 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 it's like such a psychological like uh, barrier when you're actually not sure if you're even being heard or if it even matters. So just for the generosity and the humility that you are able to empower others and give them a little platform, um, just to make them feel it, it, it's it's so deeply like appreciated. And I don't know how to ever reciprocate this, but just maybe. Hey, I'll keep man. sharing music. I'll keep sharing stuff. You know what I mean? Just be you, man. Like, it's all like a circle. Like, this isn't just like a one-sided thing. Just everything you said, man. There's knowledge nuggets all over it. Your perspective is powerful. Just being like a person. Like, I don't know. If I ever come to South Africa, show me where the eating is at. You know, like that type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm... And, and with you as well, you've added so much value just like in terms of like how to go about and just your insights and your perspective are also greatly appreciated because I believe this conversation is going to initiate and help inspire like for me at least it's added to me and I'm indebted to you for that so no matter what you need you know I got you and I, I like I to let people that. know that you know yeah just the fact that you're even willing to say that to me is like beautiful i mean i have conversations like this all the time off cam there are definitely people who recognize the value of the whatever whatever but just the fact that you like that is dope man that energy is that's why i wrote with amazing energy sometimes i don't know what i'm even saying but it's that's what it is right i just write this shit on the twitch things i look at your shit i go whatever this is what i feel <laughs> and that's it your energy is fucking amazing i don't know how else to put it it's just definitely not like the average of what I've encountered. And I think it part of what Ismail is going to feel like it's a top five even. It's just that it's so different and it's so positive and it's so interesting. And a lot of it is because it's not like the other interviews in the sense of yeah. the tone. And because how often do I talk to somebody that's not even on my continent? You know, like <laughs> we don't do that every day now. <laughs> it's like you don't, you know, like, and I don't know. I'm still at that point where it's like, 
yo, I'm still feel like a kid inside. It's like, bro, man, this is like South Africa. Like, bro, like that's like really South Africa. Like, bro, if you saw me there, dude, I'd be like, <gasps> the entire time. I don't even know how I'd be a person around people. And like, yo, you don't want to travel with me. I'm a fucking moron. I'm not able to be myself. I'm too excited. I'm like, bro, there's a post. And be like, okay, Hogan, you're taking it too far. I'm like, we are not post like that in Montreal. Shut yeah. the fuck. No, up. bro. I, I think I think you'd love it over here, and you'd actually be quite surprised. Like, it's very, despite all the fucking political weird bullshit I told you, it's like a very loving um, country which is diverse. So we're used to the versatility, and the weather is the best thing we have over here. No mm. lie. It's winter and you see how like I'm just always in yeah. <laughs> it's very, very good. No, I feel and that. I mean the truth is South Africa is painted away like when you go to travel as a Canadian, you're like, bro, hire an armed guard type shit. <laughs> and you're like Yeah. Okay, that's scarier than not places that have that requirement. <laughs> but like yeah. I don't know. I went to Pakistan and Israel. I'm really not afraid to go to South yeah, Africa. Yeah, no, dude, if you've been to Pakistan and Israel not then, afraid not yeah. zero fear because yeah i wouldn't go there unless i had plugs like i'm not going there unless i have somebody that i'm like okay you are going to make sure i don't die i'm not going there unless i have that <laughs> yeah, um, and let me break it down it isn't because i'm afraid of like what you might be thinking of it's like you might say some dumb shit that you don't know is culturally offensive to a gangster type shit and you yeah. don't know who the fucking yeah. gangster is up in south africa you don't know shit about shit about shit you don't know that a hand gesture is bad or whatever you need somebody with yo in pakistan i had somebody that was able to be like bro and then give me lectures when it was necessary so that you know yeah. how to walk into a store and negotiate proper like i want that shit and i had that in israel so unless i got that shit somebody tapped into the local proper i don't even want to do it because then i know yeah. i'm gonna get fucked somewhere mm. on that journey no no big facts um just to add to that and it's kind of weird because it brings it full circle tupac once said something very interesting and i hope i'm not misquoting it but he said if you spit that shit or talk that shit from your heart and you truly mean it you can go anywhere because people will always feel that so like uh, with due respect like a thousand percent keep someone but when you know that you in line and you don't mean harm or anything yeah as long as if you're living from the goodness of your heart someone will feel that and i feel that still but like at the same time you want to have somebody that's gonna watch your back if you're up in another country yeah well the guy you said this has got thug life tattooed on his tattoo with the ak-47 so <laughs> no but i guess like what i'm saying though is that like as advice to people like yo wherever you're going is not like where you're at some innocuous shit could but yo mm -hmm. one time i told the girl she had a nice dress because i was just trying to be friendly bro i was perceived as flirting type shit in an islamic country like bro you gotta be sometimes having some guides is all i'm saying because there are legal mm -hmm. i heard of a story where somebody slept with a lady of the night and has a legal situation that got created in another country on some ignorance of the law shit. So what I'm saying oh, is shit. like, you don't uh, want to yeah, go to good. places that are not like where you're at with your level of legal framework and not have some guides who can be like, bro, don't smoke that blunt right now because 
Mm, no, big facts, bro. Big facts. I don't know the rules. I, I don't know any of the norms. Yo, even across Canada, can you tell me Toronto is the same as Montreal? Is not? Can you, what about Calgary? What's cool in Calgary or not? You know, like I don't know. Mm. I couldn't tell you a shit all about that. I don't. I guess it's just being skeptical again. But having those people mm. around in those environments and other continents and places was fucking helpful. Like really no, a helpful. Thousand percent, bro. And a thousand percent. Uh, I don't know how to tourist. I've never been a tourist like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I want to assert and let you know in confidence, bro, you won't come to Africa, man. I got you. <laughs> South Africa, that. I got you. Yo, it's like, actually... you, you, you've seen my content. You know what I represent. As I said, I'm not fucking anything, but, you know, I move around. Nah, I hear you, man. One day. One day the fiscals will... Yo, my dream is to be at a place where I could be like, yo, bro, I'm in South Africa. Let's set up a tour of people to interview. Plus, we do shows and I get to go do the rap. Bro, that's like the future. We just have to manifest it to realities and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yo. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug you with like a lot more content that will hopefully shape your... You see, my aim is, remember you said my perception of South Africa is the unworked and what was that? Racism. Racism. Even even if you Google South Africa right now, that's what's dominating the first page of Google is there's some turmoil over some political shit. Yeah, that's algorithms, but it is true. We're in a nationwide shutdown because of political reasons. But uh, yeah, I should not talk about that. No, I I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's very. I understood. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but uh, what I'm trying to say is I want to take those two perceptions, racism and the unworth, that let's look at that as red and green. I want to change your perceptions. In fact, everyone on Switch, I want to show them red, green, blue, yellow, violet, pink, orange, white, turquoise, whatever colors. I want to change perceptions and you see it in a different light and hopefully can add some value to you. Um, in what you do and leave you inspired. Yo, honestly, you got me thinking that we could even like, cause yo, at this point on the stream, whoever the fuck still watching's invested in in the future video, bro. If you watch this far, you're a fucking hero. You deserve a medal, person <laughs> in the future watching this far for real, reals. But like, I'd be down to like do some shit where like we like, like I don't want to do like proper album reviews, but we could do like a cultural series where like we just run some co-stream shit. This is like a legit oh, thing. So we run some fucking maybe Sunday morning fucking we all run through an artist, etc. And then we could even run it both ways. One week we do fucking your place, then one week we run Montreal. No, I'm with that. I'm with that, bro. I've got so much and my girlfriend always tells me this that bro, like the amount of just rappers I know, bro, like with different stories. Just rap. There's still guys in the industry, there's so I, I hope that we are able to do that and actually cross reference on styles and draw the, like, I'd love to do content like that. That's yeah. awesome. Dope. And then it's like, we could even go as far because it's more of a music listening stream to even have more people like jump on the call as time goes on. So it's not, you know, this could be big um, in terms of a cool international show because I instantly thought of a few people that like, you know, the more streamers you get involved in this type of thing, the better for this type of thing. Cause what's fine? No, I feel you. Um. Anyway, that's like the logistics we can work out after. But yo, that's honestly why I do this. Um, I told people at work in that same presentation that my mission is not views. It is not dollars. Cause views is not dollars. 
it is connections made. If I can increase my Rolodex and the number of people I know, my value will become insurpassable to most people I know. That's it. I just need number of contacts to be higher than the people. That's it. The guy with the most contacts is the most power is what I understand entertainment to be. Hmm. I'm with that, man. But, but, but I, I, I'm not knocking that. I know I fuck a lot of people, but then it's like, does that mean value? Yeah. If you know what to do with it, there's other pieces. No, you, you see, you see that. I think the latter is more important because I've literally got 2000 phone numbers on my phone book. But what does that mean? Oh, just make a repository of your city's fucking thing. Create a Google. Organize it behind a website. Create short bios for each of these people. Boom, boom. Dominate Google local. And now you create a power position where people want to be there. I, but I'm telling you, ideas are easy. The issue I often face is the logistical This guy's smart. I'm ready oh to go God. on that front. But then it's like, yo, how do you get... Anyway, there's other stuff that goes into it that makes that conversation get more complicated as you deal with more people. But... Yes. I mean, end of the day, if you have the contacts organized correctly, it's a data set. And if you have a data set, that's power in 2021. It's just facts of the situation. I feel you, man. I feel, man. We're going to definitely link, bro. going to definitely link and do more-ish because I'm a man of ideas. But more than ideas, I love to execute and materialize the thoughts that I have, no matter how long they take. So that's I'm like a is. man of my mission, man on a mission. Yeah, I'm always trying to like think of what to do with it all because ideas are ideas until you do it. And sometimes it's like you got to sit on an idea until it's like, yo, I had this idea of playing Among Us and bumping Montreal hip hop and creating a culture of doing innocuous regular person shit while Montreal hip hop plays, but it didn't oh, catch. Oh shit, that is sick. Didn't That's catch. Sick, Couldn't make it work. Nobody wanted to play ball. Okay, fine. Let me go get more famous. We'll try it again later <laughs> on. And then once I'm at a certain cloud position, people will just want to be there and it'll be easier. So it's really like, okay, fine. So I ha if I want to execute my ideas, I have to do X, Y, Z things and blah, blah, blah. But I never let the ideas go because I know certain things can be like powerful. And it's not Among Us that mattered. It was doing boring shit. And it, honestly, I don't even want to fucking play Among Us. It was not my favorite. But like, I love the listening to Montreal hip hop because everybody there, when they found out it was that playlist was just them in the city. Yo, you're sold on this city now you're like wait that's all montreal yeah of course it is we're that good but nobody believes we're that good because nobody does boring shit and listen to it you know what i mean like so like i'm on these missions like that and it's hard to like fully visualize them all sometimes but then you go talk to a dude in south africa and you're like okay cool so if i can't fuck around with people in my city imagine saying i'm doing a show with a guy in south africa okay now your whole fucking shit looks different yeah but remember i'm mr south africa with the data problems <laughs> but i am i am working on growing switch as a platform because it's fucking revolutionary and i do know creatives who could benefit from this and even discord like do you understand that the the people who have access to this don't untapped into it it's still a groundbreaking phenomena yeah. over here it's still you know hold on I mean? people aren't tapped into so, it here though like I'm, i don't want to like misrepresent it like my local scenes tapped into this shit bro they're like still learning what live means they don't know what discord is <laughs> i live in a tech city too my dude so i don't mm. I, I think we face some challenges there and i mean whatever problems you face logistics whatever this logistics we work around whatever and time is long but it's more like that's where we're at like there's just i literally have been trying to get people to like get excited about twitch for the entire time I'm on it and it 
No, it never worked. I never succeeded to convince a lot. I convinced a couple of people to dibble and dabble. I convinced nobody to get excited. So I'm like, damn, eh? Well, but but you're the one who has to be excited. Yeah, I'm not excited. That's, I'm, that's the that's the part of the story, though, because some people need to some people need to see it to believe it, and some people believe it when they see it. You know. So that's why so I'm doing all this. Like, and I'm gonna keep doing it. Then whatever, I don't stop. <clears throat> and then I try to find more and more ways to like run it. But yo, when you try to get the community side, is whoa. We are, I think there's no place that's not like Atlanta that is facing. Like we're all facing the same shit. It's so interesting. I've talked to people in cities all over now, all over the states, places where you would think like it's popping. Nah, it's like everyone's got the same fucking. Mm feeling when they start talking about their local environment and i'm like yo that's crazy that the whole like you have the same problems is more like where my brain's at i'm like this man's is in south africa describing shit that montreal rappers complain about what that's in the crazy. fuck eh and it's the same thing the, like other cities man other america i don't want to go too far with american cities but a bunch of american cities toronto small town ontario like it's the same shit around the world in 2021 and i'm like huh that's weird what is strange because yeah. we all fantasize about how everyone else is doing better and this and i'm like nope everywhere is the same a couple people doing really well and everyone else is whining about it and i'm like huh that's funny yeah but the, the I, I, i'm supposing what the power is is in the doing and overcoming yeah, big facts, and I think well, because because as I said, I know guys who rap better than me, freestyle better than me, who's more swaggy than me. I can keep it. I can keep it going, and I'm sure you can as well. But are they doing what you're doing now? And maybe that is the difference and finding the consistency and persistence in what we do and love. I'm also really okay with saying I'm not the best. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Not everyone's okay no, with that. No, but you're the best at doing what you're doing your way Man, because I don't need to be the best at anything. I just need to be getting better over time. I don't want to be mm. the best now. Being the best now sounds like I peaked and then it's gonna get worse from time. I don't think I'm the best. I think I'm on my way. What What are you trying to say about DJ Khaled? I think DJ Khaled is <laughs> no man. I'm not real. That's not a no, real question. On, on, on an honest front, though, <laughs> I think that guy yeah. is one of the few that can drop some shit like that and justify it because we all like forget about the 15 years he put in beforehand. Mm, very, very good. And when you really think about it, I bet a lot of us have good memories to DJ Khaled songs. Mm. So. That guy who who had bad memories to DJ Khaled songs like you don't they're just always in environments where maybe you meet a girl maybe at the, they're always like that they're always in those environments I think he tapped into some shit that musicians make fun of but really he understands deeper than a lot of people people undersell his value he the best no a thousand percent <laughs> no that's the only reason I brought it but I fucks with him and I think he's a very smart man. That's fair as male. Not literally everyone has memories. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Ismail. Ismail. Bro, uh, what was I, what, what was I going to say, bro? Like one thing I am super excited about. Remember that Dictum I told you that I conjured, not conjured up, but creative black excellence, like as a South African, whatever. I'm just super excited for like the visuals I'll put out because it's more about just tapping into just doing it now. Mm. Uh, you have the knowledge. Um, I, I keep like, whatchamacallit, 
just not overthinking and allowing it to be because I'm realizing that's my biggest hurdle, which is why I even came on Switch and just freestyle is a part of me just needs to express what I feel and how I think. But artistically, the music, it has to be right. It has to be this. I'm trying to lose that. So I am super excited for what I will present. That's one thing I've also took away from you with your freestyle mixtapes and your projects is Dude, just fucking do it. Put it out. And see well, what that's happens. what famous people told me. I talked to Mickey Fax, who's relatively famous. Oh, what? Yeah. You I spoke with Mickey. That's sick. And he was like, bro, we just put shit out. At first, I was like, fuck that. But my publicist was like, fuck you. We're just going to keep doing it. <laughs> and he's one of the first guys to popularize in the modern era weekly releases. And mm. you start looking at people and you realize, what are you hoarding this music for? Me, but like, what are we hoarding this music for? Who are we hoarding it for? This imaginary audience that's going to one day show up for us. And then it's like, that's so weird. I don't know who invented that shit, but that seems like what famous people, corporate machine, four and a half million dollars to get your song on the radio in the States or some shit like that, right? Like, bro, I don't have that money. What am I competing with that? <laughs> and it's like, I started like having some reality checks. It's like, what can I afford? What can I really do? You know what I can do? I can throw local events and leverage, leverage my reputation into a position where over time I turn that into a profitable enterprise. Yeah, I can do that. I can set realistic goals that could flip into some of those bigger endeavors. But right now, man, if I can just prove I can rap, who knows? Maybe I'll get ghostwriter opportunities and shit, you know? And then if you prove you can do it fast, that's impressive to people. I think that's more impressive that you can do it fast than if you can do it perfect. Just in my little anecdotal evidence. Yeah, thank you. Well, I've got that drive to keep freestyling now because I know I've been trying to diversify the contents I'm doing, but now I'm more inspired because you know, as an improv artist, you kind of have to uh, have the feel to create. So more of of release and being fluid with it because you're not holding it back for no one and it's like if you have people there just fuck with and work with what you have you know like and then like i don't know i've seen that freestyling's big on twitch not like super big but like i've seen some people pull three figure numbers consistent getting donations and subs like these people is actually making money freestyling on twitch and i'm like oh that's a whole economic vibe that exists and it's like there's so many ways to like flip it and even in a live environment you could go like set up events where it's like tools in a, in a kit right but like there's so much value in like mm. non-permanent content i don't know how else to put it but like people are so focused mm. on the canonical content the shit that lasts mm. forever but you forget about the instances and the moments and so it's like i don't know how to blend all this i'm still like mm. learning ismail says it's hard to find rappers who freestyle on twitch Fair enough. So that means there's a hole in the market if Ismail is saying that. So if Ismail's in, I'm certain there's like 50 to 1,000 Ismails right now trying to find other freestylers and shit and just aren't finding what they're looking for. So put, it's some, like, put some respect on that, man. Ismail is a, I respect that guy, man. The research, the how in depth he goes on with this shit. There's an admirable, admirable traits to his what he does and he's composing of playlists. I think that's fine. Bro, you said early on, my dad is like an Ismail. And bro, that's it. That's a lexicon. I'm going to make a freestyle song. Oh, that's, that's song. such a good point. I'm, I'm going to make a freestyle song at some point called Like an Ismail. And we're going to define what that <laughs> fucking means. Well, what's nice is that Ismail rhymes with freestyle. So you already, you know, you got some. 
I don't know if I'm gonna do that one. We have to think a little more <laughs> with that, or or better yet, I have to not think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but dude, this has been so fucking dope, bro. Like, yeah, I, was I like, learned so much. I'm, I'm going to save this, bro, and, and just hide and have it because. I feel like there was a lot of gems dropped. Maybe I wasn't receptive to some of it because I was overwhelmed by prior nah, info. Man. I wouldn't even worry yeah, about man, this that. Is good. This was good for everybody. I enjoyed this a lot. I mean, I also, I'm like, maybe we should wrap it up because I'm fucking hungry and it's yeah. like fucking. Me too. I'm like, yeah, it's like fine. It's almost four hours now. Um, but yeah, this is really blessed. Thank um, you so much, my chief. And yeah, thank all of you who watched this. That number stayed pretty high this whole fucking time. So that's a testament to like you being in trust. It's you, not me. Um, I'm only like interesting if the guest is interesting, and that's the facts of this motherfucking situation. Um, and so yeah, thank y'all for watching though, because it uh, is y'all like. Like, when you check the video, you're going to see all the comments coming and see I'm not full of shit, too. So, it's, like, mad bless. And it's just, like, a whole vibe, right? Like, just to see people paying attention and shit. Um, and also, thanks to the people in the future watching this. Y'all can, like, like, comment, subscribe, all that basic YouTube shit and whatever. It'll also be on all the <laughs> podcast networks and the Spotify's. I never plug that, but technically, it's all there, too. It's on your favorite podcast, blah, blah, blahs. Um Anyway, special thanks to the patrons. It's Milgan Asti, Chris Pryor, Jonathan Bryan, CJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, Scribble Dope. Support what we do. Patreon.com slash Behind That Suit. And if you're on Twitch and you have Amazon Prime or whatever and you want to help me get more emotes because we're so close to getting more emotes, you can subscribe and that would be so beautiful of y'all. Um, anyway, on that note, we are going to start the raid because that's the most important fun part of twitch is the raid bullshit really it's my favorite part that's how like ismail is forcing people to like become friends he's making people he's using the guide the raid feature to like force us all to talk to each other he's being a little engineer of a community that he wants to see happen so yo live long and prosper everyone links of mx is in the description all that good shit and bye bye mm -hmm.